Hey, guys. Brand new podcast. And we did this intro already, but Leanne was sitting on the mic, and I am firing hot. And Leanne was farting, apparently. I was not. No. Uh, but I am firing hot. I'm firing really hot. Uh, beautiful night tonight. But, uh, uh, let's touch base with a couple things that are important in my life right now. Number one, my sister bought a condo. Woohoo! And that is the reason I was not at the store this week when my name was on the wall. That is a huge honor to me. Anyone listening to this podcast knows that. By the way, I am buzzed, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, anyone listening to this podcast knows that I am uh, literally so honored to have my name on the wall at the store. It's pretty great. It's uh, it's more important than probably. I mean, I've done some big things in my life, but like that's a legit deal. Yeah, it's huge. It's a legit deal. It is the um, it's the stamp by with which you are measured for the rest of your life. It's like comedy's walk of fame. It really is. So I want to thank everyone. I just want to. Th- I'm just very grateful. Very grateful. Uh, you can see that on my Instagram. We got videos coming. I just shot a video with Leanne that I think is really fucking funny. It is really funny. And I'm shooting another one tomorrow with old big two-titty Tommy Buns that he doesn't know about that's coming out tomorrow that Leanne and I got to shoot. We got a touring meeting tomorrow at UTA. Uh, big plans for the tour of 2018. Special coming out. Middle school orientation. Oh, shit. Big time. Still drinking vodka sodas. Uh, I had an unassisted sleep last night. Very proud of that. And for all of you guys who follow me on, uh, I was a shitty dad today. Nah, not really. I was a shitty dad today. Not really. I was, a, I was the dad in 1970 that if they beat their kids, would have actually beat their kids. I feel like that was socially acceptable well, you and were... you weren't afraid and you weren't afraid that there were video cameras everywhere. I would have hit Isla. I definitely would have hit her. Like I would, like I would have, I would have fallen apart. And by the way, that wouldn't have been the first time when she killed me with the jet ski. That would have been another time that I've been like, this is when you hit your kid. But I love my children. I would never hit my children. I'll definitely raise my voice in an inappropriate manner. We may lie to them and tell tell them we're sending them to boarding school. Maybe. We're like flashback dad today. Oh, I was bad today. Not happy with myself. Well, you're just firing hot. And you know what? Everybody has a bad day. You make enough deposits in the bank of Isla that it's okay to have a bad day. As long as every day is not a bad day. And it's not. You're a great dad. No. Nah. I try. I try hard. Um, and like it or not, all kids are knuckleheads at some point. I think the vulnerability so. starts at like... Um, Dawn? And I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, <laughs> d- dearest Dan Adler, I know you're listening to this. You know I love you with all my heart. You know that. But that the man versus food shakeup really fucked me up. I don't know why. It did because I did. I don't know. It just did. I don't know why, man. I don't know why. But I think ultimately, I, th- I think I ultimately. I I'll tell you what it was. What? You were a legitimate fan of that show before you ever were on Travel Channel. You were a big fan of that show. So yeah. so maybe you're just a loyal fan. So for those of you who don't know, um, Man vs. Food is back on Travel Channel. I will always support Travel Channel. I love Travel Channel. I have my differences with them. Uh, obviously, I'm not working for them anymore. But um, 
but not for any bad reason. No, that not, sounded no. weird. No, no, no. Yeah, I didn't mean. I don't, yeah, obviously. No, I got nothing against anyone at Travel Channel. No, and they don't have anything against you. But uh, but I will say that uh, the thing that got me to Travel Channel was Man vs. Food. The guy that created Man vs. Food is a guy named Dan Adler. One of my favorite human beings in the world. I love Dan Adler. By the way, a very insightful dude. But the reason I like Man vs. Food probably was is two part. It's Adam Richmond number one. I loved Adam Richmond. There was cheesiness about Adam Richmond that I loved that I couldn't. It was almost like uh, like like obsessive compulsive. Like I loved it, but I was obsessed with that show. It's the only reason I ever took a meeting with Travel Channel in the first place was so that I could talk to Dan Adler about Man vs. Food. My first question was to well on that Skype interview. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was? I have no idea. Does he really do the challenges? Ah. That was my first thing. We're doing an interview for Bert the Conqueror, and I go, does he really do the challenges? Does he really finish them? Do you cheat him? But, uh... Oh, I guess you can't tell me the answer. No, no. The answer was that he always did them. Really? It was, it was 100% real. Wow. Yeah, I will always call Adam bullshit on Adam when he... <laughs> like, you read interviews with Adam, and he was like, well, as soon as I got done, I got on the treadmill, and I worked out. And I was like, Adam, I partied with you. <laughs> That's like me saying... <laughs> Like I, I get done trips. All my drinks are watered down. (laughs) Adam definitely had a good time on the road. He definitely suffered a lot, and he definitely worked out probably more than I would on that show. But like, he was not this. There's not enough of workout to write that boat. Atlas. Crossfit, crossfit athlete. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm buzzed. Yes, this is why this is this is intro. The podcast today was with Miss Pat. It's coming up. I apologize. I love Miss Pat. Oh, we're only five minutes in. We're totally fine. Oh, my God. Whatever. I was afraid. Um, but, yeah, I watched uh, The Man vs. Food. Uh, I didn't I didn't hate it. I missed Adam. I just missed Adam. Uh, the guy that does it is a very sweet guy. And, by the way, I've been in his position a lot in this business, so my heart went out to him. His name's Casey Webb. Very good guy. Don't give hate to him from my side. Uh, although I will let you know, Adam's a friend of mine. He's, he's going to be on the podcast in a couple weeks. But like, I, I don't think Adam will want hate going to him. I know for that for a fact. Cause I've talked to Adam, but um, but Dan is a good friend of mine. He listens to the podcast, and he is the guy that created the reason that we have this house. So uh, whatever's whatever. The point is, I've been in that guy Casey Webb's shoes before. I've been in it and walked out of them before. It's a tough spot he's in. You're never going to fulfill the shoes of a guy that, you know, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Let's let's just do a read. Let's do a read. Right? Totally. Anyway, I love you, Dan. <laughs> Even though you put yourself in the fucking pilot, you cunt. What? <laughs> Dan Adler put himself in the fucking show. Oh, he did? Of course. Like he's fucking Stan Lee. <laughs> he was like, this is my show. I love you, Dan. I already know your answer to that. Are you hiring? Maybe. Do you know where to post your jobs to find the best candidates? Maybe ZipRecruiter? We have gone through this day in and day out in our business because, um, yes, we are trying to expand our business. Expanding your business is super difficult because you need capital to do it. And in order to have capital... Your business needs to get bigger, but at the same time, you need more money to get bigger. 
You need people to help you get bigger. It's just a fucking dog chasing his tail sometimes. Am I right? I think you feel that way, but sometimes the right person hired for the job will make all the difference in the world. You know, as you've been saying for a while, we are still looking for someone to um, to help you out with the right person. Stuff. But it has to be the, the right way, person. By the way, it's not the right, right person. Isn't the guy that's like, dude, let me get you high as fuck and show you my iPhone. For, like, let me show you how I can drive a whip. Well, that like, person probably isn't on ZipRecruiter.com. <laughs> Maybe. Well, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. And that is why ZipRecruiter is different. Yeah, because it matches. It's like Match.com, but for a job. Yeah. It's like fishing, but for a job. It's brilliant. But, But fishing with the perfect lure. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails, no calls to the office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Man, I love a fucking dashboard. (laughs) That's the thing I love about Libsyn is their dashboard. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't even know how to post a podcast on Libsyn without using the dashboard. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, ZipRecruiter's dashboard is pretty easy to use. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by all businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast, B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast, B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. <laughs> One more time <laughs> to try it for free. <laughs> go to ZipRecruiter. I got high. I should have told you that. I, I You did it in front of me. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, uh, you know... This ain't my first rodeo with you, big boy. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. Why would that? Why would marijuana make you giggle like that on the silliest thing? I don't know. You smoked it so long ago. I, I know. it was all gone. Well, I couldn't get a hit out of the one of the, the things, and then I got a hit out of the other thing. I was sucking so hard at the one that I couldn't get a hit out of. I got a bigger hit. Oh, my God. I wish I had your life. So easy. Anyway, ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast. If you're hiring or if you're looking to be a hiring. Or if you're looking to get hired. It's a great website, really, truly great website. I still have website. to post this podcast. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm going to sleep. Are you? Yep. Good night. Um, that's it. Miss Pat. Oh, tour dates. Tour dates. Brea, August. I got to do this. 17, 18, 19. Well, no, because someone might be wondering. Do you see like a... Phoenix. Stop. August 24th, 25th, 26th. You're fucking killing me right Why now. Why am I killing you? I know your your tour dates. No, you don't. I just said them. What's, what's after Phoenix? No idea. 
Comedy Works in Denver, the 27th, 28th, 29th, possibly adding a 29th show. Uh, Singapore on the 9th. Singapore on the 9th. We're selling real slow on Singapore. <laughs> uh, Perth on the 11th. Sydney on the 13th. Melbourne on the 14th. Brisbane on the 18th. Sydney on the 16th, all the way, by the way. DC, we're adding shows for DC. That's at the end of the month. Comic Strict Edmonton, Chicago Improv, Impractical Jokers Cruise. Just that's it. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to go through my tour dates. I think um, you just went through your tour dates, though. Oh, I want to fucking kill you sometimes. Well, you can always go to burtburtburt.com. I can't wait till your podcast gets like uh, mediocre big, uh-huh. and then I jump on one day, and you're like, "That's not what we do." And I go, "That's what I do. That's my thing." As I was saying. You can go to BurtBurtBurt.com for your tour dates, to buy merchandise at BurtCast.com or BurtBurtBurt.com. I love you, baby doll. Machine shirts. I got the perfect wife. That is why today's guest is uh, one of my favorite guests. Because she's from Atlanta. No, well, number one. Number two is I've, sh- I've, I've played my podcast for a lot of people. The very first time I ever had this person on my podcast... This woman on my podcast, within the first three minutes of my podcast, my wife heard it. We were driving down um, Laurel Canyon by Moore Park, mm-hmm. and my wife went, who the hell is this? And I said, it's Miss Pat. And you went, I, I love her. I love her immediately. Yeah. Everyone's falling in love with her. She's very right. real. To, to a point where you go, hey, man, if you don't like it, respect it. Yeah, it's aggressively real. It's a, aggressively real. And I mean that as a compliment. And I mean that as a compliment as well. I love Miss Pat. She has a book coming out called Rabbit. Fuck, what day is her book coming out? She texted it to me. Uh, I want to I tell you this because you can pre-order it on Amazon.com, at BarnesandNoble.com, at BooksAmillion.com. Am I really buzzed right now? Barnes and Noble? Yeah. Barnes and Noble? But, you know, the thing is, for for... Anybody that's written a book, it is such a monumental achievement. And for you just to just buy her book and help her get, I don't know, who knows, maybe she'll get on the bestseller list. Maybe she won't. But it's such an amazing thing as an author when Bert wrote his book to see people buying the book was so gratifying. And it's not about the money because, to, to be honest with you, the least you made the least amount of money from your book than anything you've ever done. It's more of a. It's, it's about, more of a, it's a validation. And it's, it's a validation of you being an entertainer. And, and like the, the one thing that stand up comedy and podcasting is merged on is these great storytellers. I will say I'll put myself in this ring, but Joey Diaz, myself, Miss Pat. Uh, there's a bunch of us that maybe didn't have a home in stand up at the time that learned how to tell a story, knew how to tell a story. And did it on podcasts and you guys flocked to or, or came to. I mean that um, humbly. And I think Joey would say that humbly and Miss Pat would say that humbly. I know she will on this podcast. But the truth is you buy that book and this changes this woman's life for the rest of her life. It, uh, and it means something. That's the thing. is for you to write a book and have someone buy it really means something more than just you put some money in the pocket. And she doesn't fucking lie. And she's she got didn't a story. Write it. She didn't write it. She had a fucking person come in and help her write it. And that is respectful. Look, I wrote my book. Maybe that's not why everyone bought it. 
like maybe that's I why. I think your book's really good. I think my book's great, but like Miss Pat didn't write her book, and so she says that's why it's good. But it's her story, and it's her story where she had to get. You'll hear this on the podcast, um, but she had to get people to come in and collaborate. Because she's like, "Fuck it," it was like thirty years ago. Right. This is all about her journey as a young drug dealer to becoming a drug dealer where I'm getting out of the game. It's called Rabbit. It, that was her nickname when she dealt drugs. When her nipple got shot off, the woman on the podcast is her daughter, the lesbian from Atlanta. If you listen to the podcast a lot, a lot you know what it is. But she is here. She was it, like hanging out with Miss Pat when Miss Pat was putting crack in her diapers. Oh yeah, yeah. And so it is. She's beautiful, by the way. Her by daughter. The way, she is gorgeous. Miss Pat's beautiful. But her Ms. daughter Pat is beautiful. She's by the way. beautiful. Like she like, looks fantastic. You can't stop looking at she's her. She's lost beautiful. a bunch of weight. She looks fantastic. She looks amazing. And her daughter doesn't look like her and is beautiful. Yeah, it doesn't. And doesn't sound like her. No, you would, I don't need to tell you who's who on this podcast. No, it's pretty clear. Uh, her <laughs> book comes out August twenty second. Once again, you know I've said this on my podcast, but the. Uh, the pre-orders on a book are so important. They so are. So go to Amazon.com, go to Barnes & Nobles, <laughs> Barnes & Nobles, go to Books A Million, wherever you can get your pre-order book, go to MissPat.com, find Miss Pat online, but get this fucking book. It's going to be a bestseller, and you want to be at the front of that line. Um, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, not too long of an intro. Not bad. And we've done longer. Uh, Miss Pat. One of my good friends. Are, are you no wait what hold on Ms. ready Pat. I'll do it I'll do the thing one of my good friends I met her in Indiana and I love the fact that she's a friend of mine and on my podcast as often as she is Miss Pat enjoy it this is congratulations oh published author Oh, thank you. Thank How you. fucking cool is that? <laughs> Real cool if they buy the damn book. <laughs> Did you like the process? No, it was really hard. I hated it. I'll never write another book. I'll I never s- write another book. Man, it, it was some hard shit. I tell you. Um, the hardest part was uh, we wrote a whole book, and then a year, you know, when we thought we was done. Here, grab this mic. How about yeah, this? That's perfect. That's perfect. When we thought we was done, we wasn't done. Yeah. So we had to start all over. So it was hard. And, you know, I didn't have an easy story to tell either. Yeah. And did and now how, what was the process? Did you did you write it yourself? Did you get someone to help you? Fuck no. Um, <laughs> I have a GED. I'm not going to sit there and never say I wrote that book by my damn self. <laughs> I would still be writing that book had I wrote that book myself. Uh, a young lady by the name of Janine Amber, she, I told the story and she wrote the book. Really? I tell you, when I went to go read it, some of the words she put in there I couldn't pronounce. So I told the, the guy, I was like, uh. X series another name for this another word for this fucking word I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Wait, did, I read the book. I read my book out loud, and it's a five hour audio book, and it took me fifteen hours to get it get through it. It was the longest shit. My mouth was so dry. Oh, and I was like. You know what was crazy? Because, I mean, I didn't graduate, so I don't read really shit. And I was like, how the fuck do people read and enjoy this shit? Yeah. And in some parts of the book, like, it gets really serious, like, stories I never told. I, 
I never told anybody. I told in this book. So it made me cry. So now I'm crying. The producer crying. The person in New York who listened in crying. Oh, and we all have to gather shit. ourselves back together and pray and move <laughs> on. <laughs> so reading it was pretty hard. What was the this uh this has been a really kind of crazy what, like two years for you lately? Yeah, it has. I mean like 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 I always say, I, I've I've been blessed in Hollywood. I've seen some really beautiful, lucky, been very lucky. But man, I've never gone through some of the shit you went through. Like to go taking out a movie with uh what's his name? The 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 help late guy? What's the guy's name? Lee Daniels? Yeah, Lee Daniels, yeah. Oh yeah, I saw well, last year I, well last year we went to um well let me back up. I did I did some podcasts, which is yours and and um Joe's. Mark Maris and Joe's and so people started to listen and it got the ear of a guy over at Imagine named John Rattler. I love you some days, John. Uh, <laughs> and um, he took me, it was Imagine, and it was a partnership with Lee Daniel. And then Lee Daniel got on and 20th got on and we sold a um, a put pilot to Fox last year. Yeah. So we still in the process of writing it, which is hard. It's, it's so hard to develop. It's such a, I'll tell you, I think that you... Me, me, you, and Joey Diaz are, are three very similar people, I think, mm-hmm. in that I think our careers were definitely um, leapfrogged by, by podcasting because who we are is very real, mm-hmm. and we lend ourselves, our, our stories and our, and our personalities lend ourselves, lend ourselves well to a podcast. So, like, the first time you were on my podcast, I mean, I think within the first three minutes of the podcast, Leanne was like blown away going, who the fuck is this? Leanne never <laughs> listens to podcasts. I know for a fact that Joe, you, when you were on Joe's, everyone, but like, but then the next step in this business is so fucking tough. It is so tough. I mean, TV, you know, I come from a place where I'm used to doing stuff on my own. So now I got control. You got a team and then you got people who can say no. You know where I come from? If you say no, you slap shit out of people and say, hey, I need you to say yes and keep yeah. it moving. But you can't do this in this in- industry. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a whole lot of no's versus yes. And that's what I'm getting used to. You know, no, go rewrite it. No, redo it. And I'm like, why? But I think it's good, but it's not good enough for them. Then you then you get to wondering, well, what the fuck do you guys want? Yeah. That, that's the scary part because they'll say they want this and then you think you got it and then you don't have it. So it's just it's a lot of it's just a lot of back and forth. And eventually, hope, hopefully it comes together like a cake. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. There's so many hopefully like I like. I, when I started writing my book, I, I was like, this is going to be fun. They said to me, they were like, yeah, you can write it and you get very little money or you can have someone else write it and we get more money because it would be a much better book. I was like, no. I was like, no. And I said, this guy that used to be my friend, I was like, he wrote his book. If he can write a book, I can write a book. And they're like, nah, he didn't write his fucking book. I go, what? They're like, he didn't write his book. I go, hold on. He said he wrote his book. And they're like, nah, he didn't write his fucking book. And I was like, that guy lied to me. Yeah, a lot of people say they write their books. So nobody. First of all, I'm a mom, and I'm not even famous, and I didn't have time to sit there and write in a book. The hours that she put into this book, I ain't got time for that shit. I got to play lottery. I got to pick kids up from school. I got to get kids ready. You know, I got four new crack babies at the house. One, somebody done peed in the bed. Somebody done snuck in the refrigerator and ate some shit. You got to search them down. It ain't easy raising crack babies because they still in the middle of the night. It's just so much. And then I got teenage kids. 
kids and then I got grown kids and I got I just I have too much I got a grandbaby my son just had a set of twins Holy one shit. cute one ugly but anyway um it's just so much to deal with I have time for that shit so now your daughter is here with us now yes that's which, my, which daughter is this one I call her my Medicaid daughter my oldest one yeah that's the one that used to sell crack with me okay okay <laughs> I used to put the crack in her pamples I feel like I, I'm, I, either, I either met you or I met your brother he fell asleep in my bed in a hotel room. <laughs> That's him, not kill. <laughs> yeah, he came over. He came over. We could do a podcast at my hotel room, and he was like, uh, "He's like, I'm just gonna lay down." He just so he went to sleep and <laughs> went to sleep in he, my bed. The motherfucker went to sleep today and left his child at school, and they called everybody. They said the next step is the police. Come get your baby. Wait, he what? He fell asleep and was supposed to pick his child up from half a daycare. Yeah, and did not pick him up. So I had to get my other son out of school, and she she got out at eleven twenty. She didn't get her, we didn't get her to like one thirty. Shut up. Because he when he go to sleep, he's damn he's really dead. That's the thing. I like I don't I stopped talking about race on stage just because I don't care. Like ultimately it is white privilege. You go, Am I gonna talk about some shit that's gonna get me in trouble when it, I like it doesn't really affect me, you know? Like so I stopped altogether. But one of my favorite jokes that I ever told that that it was one of those things that was so, you had to work it was I was like, I'm gonna tell you guys a brand new stereotype about black people. I go, not even out yet. Like, black people, don't even know this about yourself. I noticed it, though. I go, black people have the ability to fall asleep anywhere. Any fucking way. Anywhere. <laughs> fucking anywhere. I, wa- I was on a plane with Common one time, and we were flying from Chicago. Horrible weather. Common fell asleep on the tarmac and woke up on the tarmac in LAX and had the balls to say, have we taken off yet? I was like, I took two Xanax, and I've just drank uh, 10 beers. I've already written my last will and testament, and you're asking if we... T- but but yeah, I, I've always been amazed that black people can fucking fall asleep so oh, yeah. easily. My black ass son, he go to sleep. You could do a drive-by on him, and he wouldn't even feel it. He would wake up, shot up, if he wake up. He he don't give a fuck. My husband like that. Well, yeah. he go. My husband has a routine. He get up at three. He go to bed at six. He record the old news, and I mean, he record the news and wake up like, like three his new in news. the afternoon. He record the news at six, but he go to bed about six two. And he wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and watch him. be like, God damn, look what the president undid. I said, that happened yesterday, dude. <laughs> but he can fall asleep like that. He's the type of person, if you walk up on him, he would knock the shit out of you. Really? Yeah, you can't just walk up and touch him because he's military. So yeah. he'd jump up and ready to choke the shit out of you like he's sleeping in a hut or some shit. Tony Woods used to have a joke about that. He goes, uh... Man, you can learn a lot from a dad who was in Vietnam. Like, number one, don't wake him up while he's dreaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My husband claimed me on dream, but he'll choke the shit out of you. One time I woke up, and um, I woke up in the middle of the night. I mean, he woke up, and I was like, what's wrong with you? But he was really still asleep, and he knocked the shit out of me. And the next day, I had a big-ass knot above my eye. He's like, who hit you? I was like, bitch, you hit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time he ever hit me when he was asleep. So now, what was the legal process like? For like going through your book, did you have to sit with someone and they go through and go? Well, yes. We once once we finished writing it, we had to make sure all the names was changed. Make sure. Oh, you changed all the names? Yes, I did. Oh, I, did, I left all the names. That was a big mistake. Did they sue you? Uh, no, but I got a lot of really upset uh, emails on Facebook. Like I heard I got a shout out in your book, and I was like, ooh. I was like, I don't think you're gonna like it. And <laughs> she was like, I was like, yeah, nothing but good stuff. And then she read it. This girl, Jenny, and was like, oh, apparently I was the whore in high school. And I was like, <laughs> and then my, one of my buddies is a recovering alcoholic drug. Like, just, he's been through rehab so many times. Then once you go through rehab that many times, you just, like, 
the idea of perpetuating yourself as something that you aren't is so like non-existent to him. And then he, he, we were sitting in his kitchen, when his parents' kitchen, and he just goes, I told him about it, and he goes, yeah, Jenny was a whore, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, I fucked her. He goes, Sean, you fucked her? And Sean's like, I fucked her. And he's like, wait, we all fucked her. And we were all like, yeah, she was definitely a whore. He's like, what What does she think she was in high school? <laughs> <laughs> she thought she was uh, uh, passing the tide bucket. So what So what stories from, from like, what stories do you include? Like, that, like well, the ones we know. I included all of those. I yeah. mean, everything that make the book. Some of it. A lot of uh, with my first kid's father got cut out, so you know they didn't want to make it heavy on him. But he's in there. But it's also stories that I I didn't tell. Is that your dad? Yeah, that's her dad. That's well, that was a sperm donor. Her the real dad is my husband. You know, anybody can shoot it, but but (laughs) so I I mean, it was stories that I I didn't tell between me and him. That's in there. And uh, stories, it was so crazy because my husband read the book and he didn't know. He was like, when the fuck this happened? You never told me this shit. Really? <laughs> that was that was really funny because I didn't think he was going to read it. And when the writer would ask him, like, do you know this? He's like, I don't remember that. When did that happen? I was like, I never fucking told you. <laughs> Shut up. So he, my husband really enjoyed the book, too. Yeah? Yeah. Now, what's uh, what's the what's it been like? Do you feel like, because I feel like this sometimes. I feel like I lived all my good stories. Now what do I do? Keep living. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like I go, I go, everyone's like, I'm not going to rob another train with the Russian mob. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm like, I'm, I start going, fuck, what do I talk about on stage? You Your know? life now. I mean, rabbit is, that book is about rabbit, growing up rabbit. It's Where does not, it end? It, um, oh, it ends in rabbit. Coming out of that stage where, you know, I had kids, it ends with the drug dealer. So you really don't get a, a sense of Miss Pat. You know who I am because yeah. it tells you a little bit in the story, but it really tells you the life of Rabbit. Growing up in that looker house with my granddaddy knocking motherfuckers out, hanging us, and all kind of boot, bootleg shit. God, me you, robbing wait, so people. your grandfather, your grandfather, how old was your grandfather? How old, is he still alive? No, nah, he dead as hell. Is <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a horrible that's a, that is a white privilege question <laughs> black men black men the life expectancy of black men from he that. was like 90 something oh for real yeah he was 90 something yeah so, so wait uh, no illness the only thing he had and i never forget it remember when your brother was little ashley and my granddad had a set of nuts like acorn i mean like a fucking pineapple and really? he had a hernia but since he was 90 they was like well he gonna die anyway just leave him with the swole nuts if you remove it he might die today yeah. so he his nuts was the size of a pineapple and my son was like why granddaddy ball so big i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> Wait, you can see them through his pants you can see him we i mean you they damn near had a little sack we had to put him in that was so funny. it was like a pineapple between his leg and when he walked i mean you could tell something was wrong with his fucking ball. Yeah. So it was it was a hernia in his nuts, but since he was old, they wouldn't take it out. Oh shit. So wait, what year was he born? He was born in 1905. Holy shit. He died. Oh, he been dead probably 10. I know he's like 80, 90 something when he died. Really? Yeah. Wow. 2005 would have made him how old? 2005 would have made him 100 years old, I think, right? 1905? Yeah, he he didn't live. He died in the 90s. Because he was like 97. Yes, yeah, so he probably died around late 90s. Yeah, he did. I was living, uh, no, nah, my daddy died in 2000. Yeah, wow. he died like, uh, when was you? Yeah, before Gary, but Gary Anna wasn't even born. 
Because my daughter was born in 99, my other daughter. She wasn't even born. So he's like late 80s. He was like 90. He was over 95. What kind of a, what was it like having, like, I'm I, I always fascinated by, like, advice from old men. But he's, his advice, he was like, I mean, he he lives all a different life that is a in totally history different books life. now. Yeah. You know what? He's 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 oh he's a sell moonshine. He used to say, "Don't never drink this shit. This shit run niggas crazy. Don't never drink this shit." But every weekend he was selling black folks this shit and beating the shit out of them and throwing them out the screen though. But he used to always say, "Don't never drink this shit." Cause he used to drink like um, like uh uh what is it? Eggnog. Remember eggnog? He yeah. would make his own eggnog. He drunk that shit seven days a week. Really? Yeah. Was he, he had, skinny? Hell no. He okay. was, you know my story I told about Willie B? Yeah, yeah. He was shaped like, remember I told you I went to the zoo and I thought that was my granddaddy in the cage? Oh. That's exactly the type of body type he had, like Willie B. Big ass black man with two ponytails, with no hair at the top, hands so fucking big. I mean, literally, he could just pick you up and choke the shit out of you. Shut up. Yes. It was a wrestling freak. You can tell him. you. My daddy supported wrestling like Trump supporters Trump support Trump. They don't think, you can't tell them shit ain't real. Yeah. Yes. That's how much my granddad like wrestling. And he, the enjoyment he got out of seeing uh, uh, Thunderbolt Patterson whoop white people ass. Yeah. Oh, every Sunday, whoop that cracker ass because it wasn't no cracker ass for him to whoop. Yeah. So he really enjoyed seeing white people get their ass whooped. And he, it was fucking fake. Yeah. He loved it. Oh, that's fucking crazy. So those stories like that, you know, remember the story I told you about my uncle? We had to hold his leg back. My retarded uncle. No. I never told you about my retarded uncle. No. Well, he's in there. We had to hold his leg back because my granddaddy, for some reason, my granddaddy thought he retarded son was supposed to get pussy on Friday. Yeah. You know, well, he was retarded. I don't know. I mean, I don't like the word retarded. He was special. Well, it was you, back in the day, you could say retarded was okay, but now you have to say special. So he was special and uh, he was crippled. So we had to go and help him get started. Because his knees was together, so we had to pull his leg back till he put his dick in. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. His knees were together. He was crippled. You know how crippled people, their knees be locked together? Yeah, oh, oh, like he was, he was. (laughs) He was special and he was crippled. No, he was, honestly. Oh, like, like not. Not like did he he was, Down syndrome. No, he was he had, he had special. What well, you know? They tell so many lies in my family. They said my he oh he he was born with like alcohol syndrome because my aunt was my my grandmama was an alcoholic. Yeah. So he was he really had he was a special need person, but he was also crippled. Okay. So okay. for some reason, my granddad think that he's supposed to get pussy on Friday, so he would get a hold to have sex with him. And but my oh. uncle didn't really know nothing about pussy, so we had to go back there and pull his two legs together till he stick it in. Oh my! I don't God. know if you ever try to help a special person get no, pussy, but no, they no, like I to smile. No, I have it. I have they not. like to smile. I'm like, can you please stop smiling and stick your dick in? I want to go play Pac Man. <laughs> <laughs> I probably was seven years old. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh, so is it great stories like that? That is in there, and it's crazy because sometimes I used to think, is this shit real? So I'll call up my family. You remember we used to help Uncle Cecil get pussy? And he's like, yeah, you remember that shit? <laughs> and it was legal. It was legal. Uncle Caesar's the first dick I saw. And it was huge. Are you serious? Oh, I don't. Special people got huge dicks. They don't know what to do with them. But that thing should have had his own damn driver's license. <laughs> shit. And he would get started and he'd be just smiling, pumping and smiling. We would leave him. Really? Yep. On oh Fridays. God, how do you find a prostitute that's willing to do that? 
My, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. It was crazy. It was no crack back then, so all he was offering like a probably like half a paint and a couple of dollars. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he was a moonshiner. Yeah, he was a moonshiner. But every every weekend he bought his son, he brought his sons and pussy. Now, how many kids did he have? He had, I think it was eight of them. Eight. Yeah. Holy shit. You know, back then families was really big. Yeah, where did they live? Where in Atlanta? Uh, I grew up in uh, right outside Decatur called Art Right Place. Yeah. So my family is mainly in Decatur, that's in Atlanta. Yeah. In Decatur. And so, like, what was like, like, did did it, were they born in hospitals like back then? I can't imagine, right? Uh, I'm quite sure they was born in hospitals. They was born in the sixties and the forties. They were oh, born in the forties. I thought in the forties, but were 50s. people born in the hospitals in forties? How the fuck I know? I was born in the seventies. I think I was born in the hospital. You were definitely born in the hospital. <laughs> I was born in a hospital. I'm quite sure they was born in a hospital. I don't know. Well, but I, my like mom was South, born in '49. I guarantee you, my dad. I guarantee you, my wife's dad wasn't born in a hospital. They probably had midwives. Yeah, uh, they had you midwives. know, um, knowing them, they probably was delivering each other, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They because he's he's seventy now, and so he probably is as old as your your dad, right? My dad is dead. How old would he be now? He would be about seventy. Yeah, about seventy-two now. My dad was definitely born in a hospital. You want to hear something weird? When my dad was a kid, they thought it was a sin to breastfeed and so uh they would go into spanish harlem and get breast milk for puerto rican women and give it to my dad isn't that crazy why because in the catholic church it was a mortal sin to breastfeed you want to hear something crazy so me and my sometime my beautician will come from atlanta and fly to uh indianapolis so i i went to i stopped in and we flew back to indy together and she breastfed her child so we're on a plane and when you go in the end nine times out of ten the flight is mostly white people because yeah. you know people come to agriculture shit they do in indy make a long story short she was breastfeeding her baby and she fell asleep and the baby mouth fell off the titty so now she just exposed on the plane and this white dude sitting in the seat next to her didn't even bother to wake her up I woke up and this motherfucker taking pictures of her titties and I said you dirty motherfucker how dare you take a picture of my friend titty he was like it's natural no it's not bitch the baby mouth ain't on it it's not natural (laughs) and I watched it wake up bitchy these white men looking at your titty (laughs) she didn't even bother she just took her little titty and stuck it back in her bra and kept sleeping oh my god i never breastfed i ne- really i try her and i think that's why she gay but uh oh, you're the gay daughter yeah i yeah. know who you are i thought you lived in atlanta though she oh, just okay. came here with me yeah she- yeah i was in atlanta and i think i texted you i was like hey give me your daughter's number i'd love for her to come see my show and i, I never maybe it never got to you or whatever but yeah i feel like uh, i feel like i thought you were gonna look so much different no, yeah, like no, 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 no. Here, here, here. Hold on to this mic in case we talk. I won't, I won't make you be on the show. But um, let me turn your volume up. Yeah, I, I thought you would have one side side of your head shaved. Hell no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she thinks she's too cute for that shit. She, she. Here, talk, talk closer to the mic, just in case. She, she's, a, she the lipstick lesbian. Lipstick lesbian. Yeah, she, she. <laughs> I be reading on y'all websites. I think she on top. Oh, you the bottom. Don't. 
I don't, don't want to hear. I don't fucking want to hear. She wait. disgusting. She disgusting. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> she disgusting. No, don't, don't get into that gay shit. I support gay nism, but she's the fucking disgusting. Shit. <laughs> I like the gay knees. They're pretty good. She's just too fucking. She is. Her gay should be illegal. Her, your gay should be illegal. It should be like she go overboard with the shit. She just like I'm walking around. She's like, oh, mama, your ass look nice. You don't tell your mama the ass look nice. You can't eat your mama. <laughs> I don't need you to boost my fucking company. You, you have no idea. Like just by listening to you talk, you guys sound like you're not even related. Like because <laughs> your mom has such an authentic, deep South accent, and you sound a little bit like a hub, hugstable. Well, that's what happens when you get education. <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck you, bitch. I can't. <laughs> Fuck you. I can read and write too. And when I can't, I got you. <laughs> what's it like? What's it like growing up with a mom who's so vocal about like all these like all these crazy stories? I think my daughters will probably be like that. Like people will be like, "Oh shit, your dad robbed a train in Russia. Oh shit, your dad took acid, went to Disneyland. Oh, your dad used to smoke weed with Joey Diaz and Joe Rogan." And my daughter's gonna be like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> like, what's that like having a mom that's lived such a large life? I think maybe because I lived most of it with her. Yeah, it's not like a shocker to me because I was there for most of the things that was happening that she were doing, selling drugs and shooting at people and fighting everyone and cursing everyone out. Only thing that's changed is that she still, she still curses everyone out, but yeah. <laughs> the other stuff is gone. <laughs> the other the other stuff. You and you know you're not a big drinker, right? I don't no, drink. No, she doesn't drink. Yeah, we don't, don't drink. You don't None drink? Us, no. Mm-mm. Why not? Because I told him not to. I don't to. like drugs and alcohol. Really? I guess because I grew up around it. I just don't like it at all. I told it's him like, as a kid. I said, look, if you fuck around and get drunk, you're going to wake up with several dicks in your mouth. <laughs> and several dicks in your mouth don't always work out. It can, really, it can really give you a headache. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, Captain. That's yeah. all I needed to know as a lesbian. And now it's <laughs> no alcohol for me. <laughs> so when did you when did you know you were gay? When I was very young, probably like fourth or fifth grade. Yeah? Yeah. you got fantastic teeth. <laughs> Thank you. You really do have fantastic teeth. Thank you. I appreciate it. The, uh, the, I know, but my daughters were going through some dental surgery, so now all that I'm doing is looking at teeth these days. <laughs> but uh, but so did you go to You went to college? I went to Albany State University for a little while. Yeah? And then I stopped going to school, and I'll just work. <laughs> what do you do down in Atlanta? Um, I'm a server. Where, where at? At a fine dining restaurant. Oh, you probably don't want to say. Don't say the name. No. Just because <laughs> we don't, want, pe- show up. You don't <laughs> want our fans coming up and going, right. yo, where's the game is Pat? <laughs> <laughs> they probably would do it, too. <laughs> they would do it, too. Oh, in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> now, what do you feel like you can't be honest with your mom about? Do you hide stuff from her? Or do you feel like you guys have a pretty open relationship? What's the age difference? 14 years. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, 14 years. Holy crap. That's George's age right now. Uh-huh. George is 13. Yeah, oh, wow. I was pregnant at her age. Oh, my God. Can you imagine God. some old motherfucker got Georgie pregnant? We were just at the fucking park, and I, and I ran into Eddie Pepitone, and I started talking to him. And then Georgia comes on over on her bike. I said, yo, where's your sister? And she goes, talking to some guy. I go, what? I look, there's a 50-year-old, probably 55-year-old dude talking to Isla. Isla's 11. And they're in, like, a conversation. And I start walking over to him, and he starts walking away. I was like, no, 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 no. And then he start, saw me and then started walking towards me. He's like, uh, he like, you have a bull mastiff? And I was like, yeah, I got a 140-pound bull mastiff and a smooth upper hook, uppercut. I didn't say that, but I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah. 
And he's like, oh, yeah. And I go, Isla, what the fuck? She goes, I don't know. He started talking to me, and Georgia left. I go, Georgia, you don't walk out on your sister when an old dude approaches her. Yeah. I was like, my, the, my kid's street smarts is for shit. Like, you know, legit. I tell white people all the time, you can just hire me, and I will fucking keep your white babies from getting kidnapped. I would love to send my kids to Miss Pat Camp. Yes. <laughs> for a couple thousand dollars, I will have them black in this in no time. Oh, I would fucking love that. Yeah, you. I mean, you got... You see, that's what. That's why so many young white girls go to college and fucking lose their minds because they 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 come from these shelter backgrounds and they're just oh lolly the world is like my hometown no bitch it is mean people out here they're here to kill you they're here to mistreat you but parents are not honest I tell my girls I said look somebody gonna try to take your pussy and I'm gonna tell you right now gonna real really hurt. I've had it several times and crabs <laughs> will eat you alive so you got to be careful. Yeah. But people don't tell their kids. You tell your kids you had an STD? Hell yeah. Why not? If you look, think about Usher mama. And she would have told Usher that he she had something way back then if she ever had it. Usher woman been running around here giving everybody the green vagina. Everybody coming out saying, Usher don't <laughs> let it burn on their ass. He gave one girl a million dollars, right? Yeah, but did you see the, the the plus side chick that just came out and the internet ain't being nice to her? Wait, what saying, happened? No, what happened? She, she about three two fifty, and they was like, Ursha ain't gave her shit but diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all are wrong as fuck. And she said she had sex with But let me ask you this. <laughs> Getting off topic. Is it my fault that you sleep with me as a one night stand and I just supposed to tell you? That I got herpes, but you didn't explode. You didn't tell me what was in your vagina. We doing this shit raw. We yeah. we should have both stopped and said, "Hey, I got a set of crabs. I got herpes. Do you really want to do it?" Yeah. So you can't be mad because you didn't ask. Yeah. Had you asked her, Usher, was it dick on fire? Maybe he would have said, "Well, maybe we need to put on a condom." Yeah. But you didn't ask. Yeah, because it's fucking Usher. Everyone's like, oh, "I'll yeah. roll the dice." It's Usher. She was yeah. 19, too, at the time. She yeah, you don't roll the really dice young. with no dick. Was she skinny back then? No, because the video, he met her at the concert. She He brought her up on stage for her birthday. I think maybe she was bigger. Did you see him? Yeah, the video's online. When she first did the thing, did the um the concert, and she was dancing on him and bent over, and then he sent her backstage, and then the security guard got her phone number and came to her hotel. Was she small? No, she probably was bigger than what she is now. Damn, Usher was cold that night, wasn't he? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I mean, big girl like got girls. wet vagina. I mean, because our stomach set on it, so it's never going to be dry. <laughs> it's going to smell like a gym, but it's always going to hit right. <laughs> so, wait, now, now, what do you think about R. Kelly? Oh, you know, I like R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I think R. Kelly's a child molester. I really do. I, I, well, if you listen to his song... If you listen to his song, it's something creepy about this dude. Yeah. He the only person I ever listened to in my in my in my life that made you want to rock in your seat back and forth. What do you mean, like? You know, like when women cross their legs, they really they really doing yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah. I mean, R. Kelly put that feeling all over. He R. Kelly would make you sleep with an ugly motherfucker. Yeah. That's that song, just how good he sings. That song. I was in a strip club one time in Portland, and. Uh, uh, what's the uh, the remix? Now I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl. Yes, the remix to ignition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> remix to ignition. I I watched this stripper destroy a pole to that song, and I was like, holy shit! I go, I'm buying this fucking song. Like that. <laughs> 
What you think, Lee ain't gonna come on? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play that for Lee. You gonna have to record it. Say, Lee, I'm gonna need you to do everything. I just seen this black stripper do down south. I'm gonna need you to spread it. I'm gonna need you to put your hand on it. And where you weave at? Where you wig at, Lee? <laughs> and tonight, your name is Kiki. <laughs> why is it? Why is it? You tell me this. Why? How come the? How can the black community forgive people so quickly? Like, like the, uh, people fucking sold Mel Gibson down the river, and they'll never forgive him. Pete Rose lied about being bet on baseball. People still never forgive him. But like OJ, Michael Jackson, it's Cat just, Williams. We, I think, I, 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 I think the black community, look, even like when that when that young white when that white boy walked in and killed those people in church, what two years ago? I just think the black community are forgiving people. I mean, look at what this country have done to the black community over and over and over again. Yeah. And we continue to forgive white people. Man, I just went to go see Detroit last night. That shit damn near had me stood up in my seat. I was so mad. I was, mean, was I, if you talking about black people talking in the stu- in the movie theater, I was that black person. I was like, fuck, come on, white people. Stop being so fucking evil. And yeah. I forgot I was sitting around all these white people. I'm, like, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking to these white people back in 67 when this shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just some forgiving people. I really, so I really think, do. What did you think about Detroit? It was, it was, you know what's so crazy? It was, it was, the, the movie came out at a perfect time because it's the same shit that's happening to young black men in America right now yeah. with the gun violence and the police shooting them and getting off on, you know, not, neither one of those police officers was convicted for killing, slaughtering those kids in 67 in their house. It really? was the saddest shit I ever seen in my life. And, you know, I'm a big supporter of the police. My, I mean, up until two years ago, gave, I gave donations to the police department. You know, I've, I, I've I've got police friends in my community now. I never forget Officer Smart, a police officer who fed me many days when I was hungry. I don't hate the police. And it's bad apples in every situation. But yeah. it's, it's really hard. I mean, I've come to the point where I'm scared. I mean, I'm more scared as a citizen than I was as a drug dealer. I wasn't scared of no goddamn police when I was a drug dealer. Yeah. You pull me over, I'm rabbit. You know who the fuck I am. I ain't got no dope. Let me go. I was never scared of being shot and dragged and beat. I'm scared now. Really? Fuck hell, I'm scared. If you don't believe me, put on a black suit for one day and see how you treat it. I do that. I think I get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, you would. No, like, no. Don't, don't tell nobody. Go get somebody to make you up. Nobody know. Yeah, and yeah, just go walk around. You walk around and see how many times you stopped in court. It is just not fair. I mean, I don't, I don't understand... It just takes so much energy to be racist. It really do. And then the people who always say, well, where did the video well, started for? What, what happened before the video start? Does it matter? I want people to just realize if some if a police officer kill you and you unarmed, no matter what you did, I want you to put yourself in that situation for one minute and say that that's your child on that ground. dead. Yep. They just killed your un- un- child, your child with no weapons, and they blew their brains out of their chest out. What would you do if that was your child? But see, I think a lot of sometimes white Americans say, "Well, it don't, it didn't happen, it won't happen to us." It's, so it's you're the comfortable. same reason I stopped talking about race because I go, it does, it, it doesn't affect my life. Like get, like get out of it. I, I, my, well, you should talk about it. That's what's wrong with no, it. No, because you, no, because what happens is just like that girl who directed Detroit. Uh, I forget her name, but the director got destroyed by the black community because they're like, no, you shouldn't be allowed to tell our story. 
That's not that's that. I mean, well, she I'm gonna say this. Well, you know, <clears throat> I'm gonna say that she did a fucking great job. Did she? And if she don't win something, and the dude who was uh, what was that movie we say he played on the little white dude who was uh, oh, he played on We're the Millers. Yeah. With the Millers, the I little boy. That, yeah, yeah, if yeah. he don't win an award for being that racist he was in that movie, oh, I liked him in We the Miller. I wanted to kill him in Detroit. Really? He was fucking excellent. He did a great job. Really? Yes, he did. But 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 that's what's going on with PC com- culture now is that the big thing is, uh, you know, these evergreen states, universities, and the and and. You know, Black Lives Matters has a part in this evergreen state and these and these pop up uh, like cultural revolutions at colleges as they come out and they slam this woman for for wanting to tell the story in the first place, I guess. But for they slam Hollywood for allowing her to tell it and not giving that to a, 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 a black director like that happened with Malcolm X. So you remember Malcolm X, um, the movie it was originally supposed to be directed directed by Spike Lee. No, it was originally given to the guy who did shit. I forget his name. Did Spike oh, Lee do it? They yes, but initially it was greenlit by a guy who a white uh, Jewish director. Mm-hmm. He's the one that got the project started, and then a bunch of activists was like, "Whoa, how the fuck's a white Jewish guy going to tell a story about Malcolm X?" And so they protested, and then he Norman Jewison. I think it's his name. He uh, said, you know what? You're right. This should be told by a young African-American director. And then he gave it to Spike Lee, and Spike Lee just, just killed it. But that's what was going on with this. I try story. to be fair. I mean, I try. I mean, you know. Because you're this, not politically correct. Like, I don't see you. I'm down the middle. I'm down the middle. I say, when I, If I see wrong on either side, I try I'm to see I'm down the middle, too. And I feel like that's what's wrong with this country is that no one can be down the middle. No. Like, no, everyone no. just goes, like, like, like. I'm black, so I'm on the black side. No, motherfucker, no, no, it doesn't work like that. I'm on the because right side. Because it's evil people. I'm not going to, I'm not the type of person that's going to cheer when, uh, when a black person kill a police officer. And I'm not going to cheer when a white person kill a police officer. Because yeah. I look at it like this. A police officer got a life like everybody else. He go home to somebody, if he's a good officer, I mean, I'm not going to cheer whether he's good or bad, but he got a family too. Yeah. And nobody wants to lose a family member. No. And that's what I, get, I try to get people to say. Even with the media, the media plays a lot in separating us. When it was two, Just this month, two white guys have killed a police officer. And no one's going to fuck one of them. One of them is, uh, is in my neighborhood, not far from where I live at. Really? He lived in Avon, Indiana. He got killed in he got killed in probably Lafayette or one of those little small towns. The media did not blow that white dude up who shot that police officer fourteen times. How the fuck do you shoot anything fourteen times? It only takes one bullet to kill a deer, a bear, a snake, or whatever the fuck you shoot with with twenty rounds. Fourteen times he shot a human being crawling away from them, and the media did not blow it up. Now, if that was a black man, they'd have pulled his motherfucking dental records. Yeah, that's what pissed me off. That's how the media keep us divided. When it's wrong, you should treat everybody the same. If a white man kill a police officer, you should pull everything out the crack of his asshole, just yeah. like you do the crack of motherfucking um uh, when a black man kill. Him. When that when that fucking uh, alligator ate that white baby up. They didn't pull nothing about them white people background. When that fucking black baby got Marante, whatever the hell that ate was, fell over, fell over in that eight cave, Marambe or whatever his name, 
they pulled the daddy and the mama working and said they were convicted. Fel- what the fuck that got to do? Because that boy want to go down there and visit somebody he thought he knew. That baby fell in that cage. Yeah. That mama didn't throw the damn baby in the cage. That's what I'm talking about. Well, then, okay, then how do you feel that, do you think that applies to Trump's fake media where he goes, the because I, I got to be real with you. I think that Trump's accurate in that the assessment of the media and the way they take a story and twist a story is fucking bullshit. Like, I hate that. I hate the way the media runs things. I hate that it's either that you go to your Facebook feed and what you will find is uh, just shit that kind of you believe in. Or, or, or the, you know, it's like, it's like I don't get opposing views. Like, I see things, like, because I got a lot of friends from Florida, so I get a lot of racist shit in my, in my views. And then you just go, like, you look at it and you're like, like, I saw the thing about, and, but I also have a lot of comics, so I get a lot of, you know, a lot of, like, the other side, a lot of liberal things. So I saw, I saw that thing on Facebook about that kid shot the cop 14 times. Yeah. And they were like, how come this isn't mentioned? That's then, what I say. And then, and then you see something from the other side, and you're like, and it's like, there's no real media news sites. No one's going to be giving you really fair and balanced information. Everyone's just giving you the side of the thing they know you're going to like. You know what I do? What? I'm a, I'm a fucking big-ass liberal Democrat, whatever the fuck you want to call me. But I go and read Fox News. Yeah. And it's, it amazed me that neither side report the same thing. you like, uh, CNN, if you got this, but Fox News over here talking, ain't even talking about Trump. Then they, you go to bed, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? Yeah. yeah. You guys supposed to be the news, but neither one of you is reporting the same shit. Did you hear the thing about the CNN executive who said, uh, who said, yeah, we don't, uh, we, they, they tell us, hey, even if it's not real, just follow it because that's what we want to hear. And they're like, this whole Russian thing, they said, doesn't even matter if there's truth to it. Just follow it. You, do you believe the Russian is real? Oh, I believe the Russians definitely did something. I believe it's real, 100%. too. hundred percent. Because, you know, we've been doing this for fucking years. Yeah. We've uh-huh. been doing coups in countries for but years. I, I truly believe that's why Trump would not release his tax return. I don't want to see anybody go down. I'm the type of person, if you won, then you're my president. But... Yeah. The only thing, I, the the thing that gets me the most about Trump is that he don't want to bring people together, and he's no. like he just taking from the poor, and you taking, you know, like I try not to get upset about politics, but he actually made me cry when he went to go when he had that last bill for health care and he wanted to take free lunch out of school, yeah. and I was like, do this is this do this dude realize what free lunch is to people like me when I was little? I mean, and I say this on stage. I said, you know, you shouldn't punish poor kids for who they're bo- what they're born into. It's not my fault yeah. that I was born in with a fucking alcoholic mom and a and a daddy wasn't around. Don't punish me for being poor. Help me, cause yeah. you never know how I turn out. Yeah. But you want to actually take food, two meals a day that some that's all some kids get, and you want to take the shit away. He's probably never delivered free lunches or free meals to kids in the morning. I have. Leanne made me do it because uh, just to help out at school. Yes. And you see that kid wolf down a biscuit and an apple and a juice box and be like, oh, they haven't eaten yet. How no. are they supposed to fucking learn if they're hungry? But the, think about the kid who come to school on Monday like me who ate, ate all fucking weekend. And I try to tell people, think about, st- just imagine yourself. 
Yeah. Imagine yourself or these girls you got up there in your house going the whole weekend and they get together and go to the convenience store and steal a honey bun and split it three ways because it was three of us, my, me, me, my brother, my other sister, me, my brother, my sister, split that bitch three ways and eat it slow to try to break, to break up them hunger pains. Yeah. Is that my fault? No. That wasn't my fault. That's the shit that gets me about society. You know, I had a motherfucker tell me to my, well, show me a kid that hungry. Well, I got four kids that somebody ran off and left me two years ago. I have not Who's seen my niece. I was helping her get her life back together. Bitch just ran off and left. Really? Me with four fucking kids. My youngest child is 17 years old. And I could have did. Well, I could have put them in the foster care. But then I always think about myself. I, I always say every child deserves a solid foundation to start on. It's not that these kids fault that their mom is on drugs and their daddy is in jail and all the bullshit that they've been through. As a as an aunt, all I can do is try to give them a foundation to grow on. Yeah. That's all I can do. You know, I could have put them in foster care, and I don't get shit for them. They was like, no, you make too much money. So I was like, fuck it. I went from paying no daycare to paying $1,000 a month. Holy shit. I mean, I, at the time, I, I had a daughter graduate. I got a daughter getting ready to go to college. I got a son graduate. It fucking messed up my whole it, fu- it really turned my whole world upside down. Really? To have four new people in my house. I mean, when, when all I got was health care. All they gave me was Obamacare. And I be watching that fucking TV like crazy because I cannot afford to, to, ha- to pay for health care for four fucking kids. Yeah. I had to pay for glasses. It don't really, I, I had to go out and scrape up money for dental. I mean, I don't have it. I yeah. really don't have it. And people are like, why is it why is it such a big deal to you? Because I don't have to tell you my business on Twitter. But I have four fucking kids here that needs that shit. Yeah. That I have to take care of. It ain't they fault they mama ran off and left them. Where'd she go? I don't fucking know. You wanna go to the ghetto and help me find this bitch? The bitch the bitch so cold blooded, she went and made her whole new Facebook page and won't even let me be a friend. Wait, shut up. <laughs> bitch, won't even let me be a friend. Hold another Facebook page. I want to find her. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I, I got your kids. She blocked me. How the fuck you going to block somebody you ran off and left the kids with? That's fucking crazy. How old is she? 24. Oh, is she pretty? <laughs> Probably as pretty as pretty as You know her, right? Hey, yeah. that's her yeah. cousin. As pretty she as your scrotum sack. I think. Where is she? She is pretty she's as your strotum sack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't where, know she where she's still in Indianapolis, but she, yeah. I mean, she's on drugs and shit. She just ran off and, you know, I, when me and my husband just decided, oh, well, you know, we helped the kids out. And now we, what, we four years in with them. Jesus. How old's the youngest? Four. How's the oldest? Eight. Holy shit. She put in work. <laughs> A lot of work. <laughs> wow. And ran off and left her work, too. Good but job. I got her good before she left her. She had Medicaid because when she came to live with me, the baby was two weeks old. I took her to my gynecologist and I said, you give that pussy some Republican knots. <laughs> so did yeah, Republican I mean, knots. Yes, some Republican knots. They double-tied that pussy. Oh, she, yeah. yeah. She ain't having no more crack babies. Yeah, no more crack babies. That's it. just sucking up dicks. Yeah, it's sucking up dicks, but the dicks ain't leaving no residue behind. (laughs) I made sure I fixed that pussy just for the tax pail. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you're lucky that you didn't fall into, like, that kind of life where, like, I always say to myself, like, I think this is the problem with someone like Trump and someone like me. I think he feels like he was predestined for this, that the Lord 
reached down and said, this one is going to be one of the best. Who, you know? him? I think that, yeah, and I think it's narcissism. I think there's a lot of yeah. people that believe that they are actually the best and that, you know, where I believe, like, I go, I'm lucky as fuck. I say I'm lucky too. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why Trump would think that the Lord chose him. I think his daddy bank account chose him. Yeah, yeah. Because if he was in the real world, I don't think he would get laid. He wouldn't. He would couldn't afford no hairpiece. Oh yeah, is that a hairpiece? You think it's a hairpiece? It's a hairpiece for real. And or you is know it what? a comb over? Is no, it's a hairpiece. You know what I believe? I, you know, I, re- I I really just want to tell our president, president, if you come to the hood, I know some black bitch that can hook you up way better than that. It'll look way more realer. <laughs> yeah, they have the man weaves now, so he could definitely. It'll he can get a yeah, man weave. The, What's a man yeah. weave? Well, the men's glue do the same thing we do now. Wait, show me a man weave. I want to get a man weave. <laughs> yeah, you can glue it onto your head, and you can real. get a haircut with it. You can't even fucking tell. Oh, they! My dad was telling me about uh, stem cell replacement therapy. For no, your, fuck for that. Is this way? This way better than stem cell. It's yeah, really? it's cheaper. The only thing you got to worry about if you have really hot sex, the girl hair can fall off, and heels can too. Both of y'all oh, hair can fall shit. off. So can you go in the water? I don't think so. You pull up because it's glued down. Yeah. So it's like it's just called a man weave. I'm trying to. This is how they put it on. So they put oh, it on. Fuck. Like oh that. fuck! Is that his head? No, that's the weave. It looks like real human hair. So now oh, he has sh- hair. Shut up. Yeah. So like, let me pass. And then they put it on and cut it. Yeah, and they shape it to your head. Oh, shut up! You haven't seen that? No, I haven't Everybody's seen that. Everybody's getting it, so you don't know anymore. It's not just the women. Now it's guys. <laughs> See, now he has hair. Why would he get that haircut? <laughs> Let me see it. Just a fucking. It's probably the haircut he had before. Haircut. Oh, he's white too. Yeah, yeah. They, the white men have man weaves too. Oh yeah, Bert, you gotta come to the. You need one. I fucking. I still got some hair. Oh, you just need a fill in. I need a fill in. You a know black, what? I I did. I use the stuff that. Uh, that's fucking. See, a disgusting. black guy did it for him. <laughs> <laughs> In his house. I did that stuff. I was on a plane with. Uh, Oh, who's a black actress, really beautiful. Um, Tara Banks? No, uh, but you're in the right vein. There's only like three other of like that you remember. I think she was in like uh, Deliver Us from Eva. Gabrielle Union? Gabrielle Union. No. Savna Lathan? No. Come on, there's... Neil Long? No. God, I guess there's a lot more beautiful black actresses than I thought. Uh, Pretty much. Uh, What's the lady name what movie is it from? She's kind of, of evil. She's kind of bitchy. She wasn't to me. Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox. Vivica okay. Fox. God, that's sorry, Vivica. That I said <laughs> she's kind of bitchy, and you go Vivica Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Vivica's like, what did I do? I, said, I was just nice to you. Um, I was on a plane, and and uh, I had just seen Good Hair by Chris Rock, uh-huh. which is probably one of the most important documentaries I've ever watched in my life because uh-huh. I had no clue about black women's hair. I had no clue. Very expensive. I had no concept. And then, of course, I watch it, and we go out to dinner, and uh, our waitress is black, and my wife, Leanne, looks at me, and she's like, hey, do not talk about her fucking hair. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got to bring it up. And she's like, do not, Bert, leave her fucking hair out of this, just because you just saw this documentary. And so, like, halfway through dinner, I get I have a f- few cocktails, and I'm like, I have a question about your hair. And my wife's like, Oh, he just saw Good Hair by Chris Rock. And, <laughs> and the poor girl's like, oh, okay. And we talked about it. But one of the things I learned was uh, sprinkling in hair. The um, topics, 
Yeah. Vivica Fox said she uses that, and then I started using it, and then I started using Super Millionaires is like a, to fill in my hair, like in my ball spot. So what I they do? Put it? They put glue on it and it just sprinkle no, the no, hair no, on no, it? No, 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 no. It's little fibers. I got the one I use is Super Millionaires, and so you you sprinkle mm-hmm. it in, and then it's little fibers, and they grab onto your whatever their hair follicles are there, and they thicken it, yeah. and then you put hairspray on it, and then it looks like real fucking hair. Kusha it looks like uses it. In Who? the salon, our beautician, she uses it in the salon. For real? Yeah, she has it. She's Who used it on patients? I mean, it don't have to be like just if you have a part or something and it's like thin, you, she could just fill it in for you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she has it. I just I replace my weave a lot, so I don't fucking know. Really? I know the lady when I was serving one day, she, this Caucasian lady asked me because she touched my hair, and I had I had braids like long braids, and she was like, "Oh my god, can I touch your hair?" And everybody was like, "This is racist." She wants to touch her hair. It's racist. <laughs> it is, it's a very it's a form of disrespect it, to us. Yeah. Oh, it is. You should never ask black people to, and don't touch us on the head. Oh, and that's a form of disrespect and touching our hair. Well, touching anyone like that you don't know, but like white people touch each other a lot. <laughs> like I've had white people touch me a lot. <laughs> Like, I get, you'd be shocked. You know what I had when white people come up to me and I, when I had braids and they was like, I like your locks. And I'm like, bitch, these are not locks. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Get a black friend. These like are braids. Your, I like your locks. Yeah, these are not fucking locks. They're braids. They're cornrows, yeah. man. What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't look like I, I do. I look like a fucking. Well, they don't know single? the difference between locks and braids and stuff like that. Well, some of them don't. Some of them don't. What's, I don't a, what's a locks? I don't even know what a Dread locks is. Dreadlocks. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I would never. The um the I, I there, I've probably said a lot of inappropriate things to black people, being unaware of what I was saying. But I remember if I ever saw dudes with dreadlocks, I was I'd always say, "Oh, if I was black, I'd have your hair." And then one time I remember asked this black guy on stage in New York, he had dreadlocks, but he was losing his hair. I said, "So let me ask, is it just one dreadlock fall out all at once?" And he's like, "What?" I said, "Like when you're losing your hair, do you just one day just lose a dreadlock?" Wait. Wake up in bed and you see a dreadlock next to you? And he was like, I don't know. I was like, hold on. What do you mean you don't know? I go, clearly you've lost a couple dreadlocks. <laughs> like, you've never woken up in bed next to a dreadlock being like, fuck. <laughs> yes, he has. Yeah, yeah. Like, All braids fall out like that. You're like, fuck. I was yeah. in the house the other day and I was like, come here, girls. One of y'all done lost a fucking plait. Lost a what? A plait. A braid. It, it pulls on plait. the... Your hair, it so pulls on it your hair. So when your hair grow oh, out, shut that up. bitch, if it's on the edge, it'll just fall out. Yeah. So sometimes you can walk through my hair and there's fucking little plaits laying around everywhere. Don't feel like the kid's head. I'm like, hold on, one of y'all done lost a fucking plait. So yeah, that's common in the black community. So wait, what is 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 that a weave right there? What you have on? Yeah. So wait, how does how like how? Ex- Give me the finances of doing a black woman of being a black woman with hair the, in 2017. Um. Well, this hair... That's just like the video I just showed you with the man weave. Yeah. That's just the woman version of it. She got a drop top. Drop top? That's what I call it because you can peel it off and put it back yeah, on. Like, really? It's not. It's glued down. Yeah. So I can pull this back and it just sold onto the hair. And it runs... This front piece costs about 175 and the back costs me about 400 400 500 Yeah. That's... And then what about you? What do you, I what? usually have my hair like that, but today I just have a wig. Just a, that's just a wig? Mm-hmm. I put it on myself. It's like a lace wig, like the video I showed you. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> and you just keep, what, like, just keep wigs in your bag? No, I just was trying something new, so I just went and bought one. Your hair looks beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Thank yeah. you. 
I don't wait, wear like, a lot have, of wigs. When you date like white girls, do you ever date white girls? Yeah. I did once, but it's not my flavor. Really? Yeah. Why they smell weird? And she was a, <laughs> she was the best one she ever had. Really? She don't know the best yeah, one. What ever was her had. name? Florine. You can't oh, say I love names. me some Florine. <laughs> she looked like uh, just she was a Beavers. ginger. She was a ginger? Yeah, yeah she, she Justin, like Beaver. Justin Bieber. She did not look Justin Bieber. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, she did. She looked just like Just. That was my favorite one, Florine. Florine. That's not even how you say yes. her name. What was, what was name? Florian. Florian. Well, we just called her Flo. Flo. I like she, a white girl named Florian? She knows you from like, like South Carolina or something. <laughs> I love that you called her country. Florine like something you'd put in the water to get <laughs> <laughs> Well, hell, a real name more fucked up than Florine. <laughs> <laughs> she should have been named Florine. <laughs> but that was my favorite one, the white girl. Really? Yeah, she got this new one that's... Uh, Enough. I call her Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Big old bitch, <laughs> big Wait. old, big old tall bitch. Really? Yeah. What like? What do you look for in a, in a, in a chick? A like I can, you, I can tell you exactly what I look for in a chick. You just don't. You don't really care. A no, tongue. I just. <laughs> well, you definitely gotta tongue. have a tongue. A tongue. She said a tongue. Oh, a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't really like. I don't know. I just have to meet them and see if we connect. She, my daughter. I'm not. Know, I love my daughter to death, but she is a hoe, and I'm. I'm, I'm not. so happy she's gay. Because if she was straight, she would be water fuck out. Or she would be out. like your friend in your book. Oh, yeah? yeah. Like Jenny. She would have no walls. Thank God for dildos. The vagina ba- bounce back quicker. Whatever. But, but um, <laughs> she ne- what the rule is, we, we really can't consider you family until you till you come around three Thanksgivings. So nobody ever make it three Thanksgiving. Really? Yep. So you go out to India every time for Thanksgiving? Yep. What yeah. a new hoe. Not yeah. with the girl. No, it's just like I don't mind taking people that I'm talking to with me. I guess some people are like, oh, I'm gonna save this for if we're gonna get married in a series. I just take everybody. Like I don't care. So Every it year. makes it look like I'm a hoe, but I'm not a hoe. Every year, different chick. So now, what did you? So so just out of curiosity, like where do you guys differ, and where do you guys uh, kind of converge when it comes to like LGBTQ issues? Like when Bruce Jenner, like I can I imagine your perspective. Was a tad bit old school. Well, Bruce Jenner? Yeah, like when, or no. Caitlyn Jenner. Well, what did you I, think when that happened? Hey, do whatever the fuck you want to do. That's what's great about America. Yeah. You, and I, can, I say this all the time. You know, people get up, pe- we, people decide to do what they want to do or do what they feel in their heart. And we, this country gets so fucking mad. If you so fucking pissed off about the foreigners and people coming out, well, then change American slogan. Change it from, yeah. uh, what, what's our slogan? Uh, the weak, <laughs> the hungry, the poor. Give us your weak, your hungry, your poor. Yeah. Change, no, come here and be all you can be or some shit like that. Is that the military? That's the military. Like Sam, somebody, somebody, said <laughs> somebody said it. Change America's I think his made more sense. The, the weak, the poor, and the hungry. Yeah. Pow, pow, bring it, bring it. I think it's our slogan. <laughs> you know, change our slogan. Like, don't come here. We don't like fags and gays, and we don't like foreigners. We And we racist as fuck. We only want to see white people. Change the slogan. Yeah. If not, everybody come on over here and be whatever the fuck fuck you want to be yeah. if you want to fucking stick chicken feathers up your ass as long as it don't harm me keep yeah. the feathers out my weave and i'm all right with you yeah i, I was all right I'm with caitlin jenner or whatever the fuck that was turning and whatever the fuck you want to be i understand i mean if the man want to have titties and dick it's all right by me he ain't fucking me i ain't I got sucking titties first... what's huh? that i don't think he got surgery 
He got dicks, he, but he got titties. He, I think he's got tits. Oh, he does? Yeah, yeah he got titties. She has. She's sorry. She's com- yeah, pronouns. Where, well, no, but I'm glad that you're here to yeah. you got my back on this. Because yeah. I always fuck that up. <laughs> but it's, it's it, yeah, I don't, I my whole point with everything is I don't really give a fuck about Anybody. What you do, yeah, right. Like, I don't care. What do what make you happy? That's what's wrong with everybody. Everybody try to please other people. Kids grow up trying to be all this shit because their parents wanted them to be whatever. Like when I, my daughter went to college, she finally said, "I didn't like school." Well, bitch, you should have told me that before I waste uh, uh, well, you two have years to tr- or something. I had to try school first to see if I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I tell them, do what make you happy. Don't worry about me. Don't do shit for me because I don't did what I wanted to do. I think people have just stuff things that they fear or they're uneducated about i think that's what makes them hate it because they don't know anything about it i had had a theory about i had a theory this is a very half-cocked theory that i haven't really thought through but the theory was i think it goes back to crocodile dundee okay do you remember when crocodile dundee made out with the made out with the dude no no, yeah 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 so he gets he's at a bar in new york and he's getting hit on by a chick and it turns out it's a dude and he reaches in and grabs the guy's dick, and he just goes, "That's not a Sheila. That's not a Sheila." Anyway, the whole point is that's a, that's a, 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 a through line in movies. Like a lot of movies, you see the guy gets hit on by the by the uh, the girl. Turns out the girl's a guy. Jokes on him. And I think I, I think I think that's probably the biggest maybe a fear that like the, some people have of going like, "No, you can't go into the girl's bathroom if you're a dude," because then. Or whatever the flip flop, because yeah. then I won't know. I can't tell what you are. You, does that make sense? Yeah, it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, like then what if what if I hook up with you and you suck my dick? Then what happens? And then I didn't know that you were a ch- a chick. I think that has to do partly with it. it yeah, I think that's a gray area because a lot of um, trans men and women don't feel like they have to tell you up front because they're comfortable in their gender inside of themselves they, they feel so, they don't have to tell you up yeah front. so they feel like they don't have to tell you that they are yeah. transgender or something like that that's what a, a lot should. of trans arguments are i personally feel like just to protect yourself you know you, you should, should tell somebody. they're killing a lot of trans people right now like 17 trans women have been killed already this year by dudes who just got just by dudes or violence in general so i just feel like just to protect yourself if you know it's getting serious then you probably should let the other person know so they can make a decision because just because they liked you and they thought that you were this one thing you turn to be something else then that's kind of deceiving in a way yeah but that's how i got my wife <laughs> like i told her i was one thing and then i turned out to be something else i was like that's no, how i'm a successful comedian this is gonna work out super easy well at least you had a ball and a yeah, i don't drink that much no i don't drink at all <laughs> I mean, I think I, now I do agree. If you if you if you if if you look like something on the outside, but you really something on the inside, you should tell somebody, "Hey, 100%. I'm a sexy bitch with a dick." Same thing. If you get out with Usher, yeah. If you got herpes, you got to tell somebody. And herpes, herpes don't kill. No. And it by just the way, but neither does being transgender doesn't, doesn't kill you either. Yeah. But yeah. it's still just. It's just it, you just fucked someone's brain up. Yeah. Like you really like if you are getting this amazing blowjobs. And you're like, God, I can't believe how good this chick is. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, by the way, I used to be Billy. And you were like, that's why they're fucking good. Well, well, let let me say this. If you had a sex change and you got a vagina and you no longer got your dick, it's none of your business what used to be there. That's like moving into an apartment saying, who lived here before me? None of your fucking business. You didn't pay the rent. (laughs) Am I right? 
Kind of. Way, well, yeah. I mean, but if you got it cut off and fixed and it tight and it hit right, it's none of your business what used to be there. <laughs> Listen, I, I I will agree with this. I will agree with. Come on if now. I, if I've been with If I told checks. you I had a dick, and I mean, if somebody, you sleeping with somebody and you find out that, and they got a vagina now, what should yeah. it matter? It's a vagina. It's, it's, what works, what you right. want is there now. Yeah. Now I can see it. She, you getting a blowjob and then she whip a big old dick in your face. You're like, hold <laughs> on, Clyde. I My turn. You- <laughs> <laughs> now that's tricking somebody. But if you got to cut, fix, and still, and you got to you got to get a person credit. They paid a lot of money to turn that dick into a vagina. Yeah. They probably got rid of a big old dick for a little old bit of vagina. So you got to give them credit. It's none of your fucking business. Yeah. And and you know I think I think a lot of people. Thought it, I, I think there are people that think it's unnatural for a boy to want to be a girl. That well, it's a, fa- think, a phase. But people think a lot of shit is unnatural. Yeah. Some people think it's unnatural to be black. Some people think <laughs> it's unnatural to have big lips. Some people think it's unnatural for white women to have big ass. Now, that's some unnatural shit right there. <laughs> but if you bought it, it's yours. <laughs> Everybody just has an opinion on everything they don't know about. And then that's the problem because everyone wants to voice you their opinion. You, and then you look don't how know. many white women got asses now. Leanne. <laughs> she bought it. Oh no, no, Leanne's got a, Leanne's got a big ass. Like, but like, well, not where I come from. No, well, maybe, yeah. That's like, an I like, ass. I see a black woman with asses that don't even look fucking real. It's they probably it, not. What? No, but <laughs> they're like enough. they're like they're like up. And like, then you go. Oh, I never understood asses. Cause I'm white. I never really like asses were something. Y'all just got like, into asses. I just got into asses because of Leanne's. I was never into <laughs> asses, and then one day I was like, oh, I see. Now I get it. But like, but I think. There's a TV show called uh, I Am Jazz. Have you seen this? I'm um, with the transgender girl. Girl, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Used to be a dude. Yeah, yeah. And then but she's young, right? She's like transitioning. 16, yeah, 17? she's in okay, like yeah. man that that fucking kid. If you don't look at that kid and go, no, 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 that's a girl. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine her as a boy. And then yeah. you go, oh, this is natural. This is sometimes you just aren't born with the shit that you want, and you go, and that's just real. Yeah. I was born. I was born cisgendered but like i was born with all i was born a boy like a real fucking boy like like almost too much so but like i can't imagine if that if i wasn't that that someone will want to stop me from being who i want to be you know that's not fair i i like i truly believe that i was stolen from the hospital and i'm (laughs) oprah daughter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that's not true. <laughs> These motherfuckers switched me at birth And I ended up in the hood Suffering for over 20 years but, oh. You gotta learn to live for yourself And do what makes you happy you I don't do care about you people knowing you know, them you, gay I, or anything. I, I tell you I had a conversation with this dude At a show last week So I'm talking about uh, I was talking. To, I like to talk about race You know my audience is mostly white And I, I like to have one on one conversation If you come to Facebook and if I got time, I will have a conversation with you. So I, I walks out of Morty's and I'm sitting down with this white guy and he started talking to me. He's like, oh, uh, I, re- I really think you funny, but I could tell he had something else on his mind. So he got to talking and told me he was from Lafayette, Indiana. And he said um, he said he was divorced. He just his second marriage. And I said, well, what happened to the first marriage? No, he said, I don't fuck with iPhones. I said, why? He said, because that's how my wife caught me cheating. And then I started laughing. And he got to telling me, he said, my wife, she left me and she married to a black man. And Uh his fucking, he went red. So I said, wait a minute. I said, I said, you pissed off? And he was like, yeah, kind of. 
I said, uh, I said, so what type of black man she got? I, and he got to tell me. I said, wait a minute. He got dreads? She said, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, is he well-spoken and educated? He was like, yeah. I said, you know she married to you, don't you? He was like, what? I said, a woke nigga. And he said, what's that? I said, a black man that know everything that white America have, have did to black America. And he's like, what do that mean? I said, he's not going to take any bullshit off of you. He said, I try everything to get him to fight me. I said, so what? So you can shoot him? He was like, no, 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 no. I just want to fight him. I said, you're going to get your fucking ass whipped. Yeah. And so we kept talking. And he was like, he said, uh, he said, he said, I'm not racist, but I was racist. You didn't mix races. You didn't miss race. I said, you, you racist. Yeah. I said, but I don't think you, I don't think you the racist that'll harm somebody, but you're racist. And I said, one thing I've learned about life, a lot of time when you don't like shit, God put that shit in your life. And cause I told oh. him, I said, I hated gay women. But my daughter turned to be gay, and my whole world opened up. I had to realize it ain't nothing wrong with sucking pussy if that's what you choose to do. I just yeah. I just choose to suck something dry. That's your prerogative. <laughs> you do you. Just don't suck it at my house. Yeah. So we we was talking, and I told him, and he was like, I said, I said, do your do your white kids like they stepdaddy? And he got mad. I said, look, dude, you can't get mad. He married to your wife, so he is stepdaddy. And he's like. Yeah, they really like him. And they say his chicken better than mine. I said, well, <laughs> you can't fucking compete with black people. Chicken, you fucking idiot. <laughs> he said his chicken's better than mine. He's got a mean jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, like, he was like, my kids just fucking love him. And I said, you're going to grow to love him too. But I told him, I said, your problem. I said, what your problem is, your wife know all the ugly shit you have said about the other side. Oh, and man. she probably told him that shit. And you know she know you you better than anybody do so she put a little fuel on that fire i said so you need to go around her and try to build a relationship just for the sake of your kids because it seemed like they care about the black man and you too yeah nobody's trying to take your spot i said one thing about men nobody trying to take your spot when you're doing your job i mean stepdaddies only take people's spots that's not doing their fucking job yeah and I told him, I said, you should reach out to him and have a conversation. You might be surprised. I said, I don't think he hates you. I said, I said, I said, it's you. The way you was raised in Lafayette, Indiana is the problem. I said, so open your fucking mind. And I told him the story. I said, my mama once told me, my mama taught me as a kid. She said, white people are better than you. Never look them in the eye and they're the fucking devil. My whole life, I grew up hating white. I'm, not, I'm sorry. My whole life, I grew up scared of white people for no fucking reason. Only because this this uneducated black woman told me that you guys was better than me. My whole life, I thought white people was better than me. Yeah. And y'all scared the shit out of me. It wasn't until I was 32 when I moved to Indianapolis and I, my fan base became white. And I start, and I went home and I told my husband, I said, well, she said they better than me. I don't know what they fucking like me. He was like, she's stupid. We the same. Yeah. And then, you know, I tell her as on stage, I say, that's when I realized the difference between me and a white woman is my titties is probably bigger than hers. It's the only <laughs> fucking difference. It's, but that's where you got to open your fucking mind at. It's so funny, too, because I think you, a lot of people go to their natural... Uh, default settings. So like, I'm telling the story. I'm trying to figure out this story for my special about uh, Ralph Sampson. You know who Ralph Sampson is? He was a basketball player, played for the Rockets. And he came, I went to this basketball camp that was predominantly black. And he came and, and uh, I fucked up and he made fun of me in front of the whole camp and like made me stand in front of the camp and kind of shamed me in front of the camp. And And my default setting was to try to make it about race. Like try to make it about 
being the white kid and and I said and I was taking a walk with Leanne the other day because I, I needed a joke in it and I was like I was like and I what I ended up doing was making all the black kids like me because I made them laugh because I was I was just being stupid I I just wasn't I, it was a white guy a white kid dealing with an authority member who was black in front of black kids so there and was you wasn't dynamic. used to that there, and there, and it was a weird dynamic but I said to my wife and I was going into this thing about black and white and then. We were on this walk the other two days ago, and she goes, "Well, let me ask you honestly, did you see race when you went to that camp?" And I was like, "No, I definitely didn't." I was like, "I, I didn't see race. The first time I ever saw race ever was in college, where I went. Yeah, where I was like, it was uh, at FAMU. They would do uh, homecoming. You went to uh, FAMU? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Holy fuck! You really? Saw- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in the marching band. I was a rattler. <laughs> You want to scare the shit out of me? I'm like, where was you now? <laughs> no, but it was the first time that I could that I that I witnessed race in like a in like a in like a the race could help you predict something. That race uh, that it was just a bunch of different like one thing was like during home homecoming, family I went to Florida State. Uh, family would take over Tennessee Street, and this is around the time of the Rodney King trials and there was a real like Mm -hmm. there was like a real like uh uh sense of like of like hey you don't want to be around uh, a thousand black people if you're the one white person it was like it it was like a fucking it was really intense at that time and then the other thing i noticed is that i worked for this place called safe escorts where you walked uh girls across campus and what i noticed is like it was really interesting there were a lot of black guys who and I was so white, I was like, you could just walk across campus in the middle of the night, nothing's going to happen to you. And there were black guys that were like 6'9". There was this guy, Forrest, Link- I think his name was uh, Lincoln Forrester. He was a played for, and he, we, t- we had a class where they sat, the white English class with the black English class, and we, we talked about differences. It was the first time I realized black people didn't automatically like white people. And I was like, they, were, they were, had some issues. And I was like, they were like, yeah, what about slavery? And I remember me and my buddy Jeff Hartley going, we didn't do that. Like, we had nothing to do with that. And I'm like, and I remember Jeff and I going, we're Irish. Like, our family just showed up like 80 years ago. Like, we were not there for slavery. And they were like, doesn't matter. I go, it's got to matter a little bit. And they're like, no, doesn't matter. And then I remember when Safe Escort, the black dudes would call for rods because they didn't like walking alone through campus at night. And I was blown away by that. Then I, uh, black chicks would call. And this was like so stereotypical. If you got a call from a black name, it was at one, it was at one uh, one dorm, and they'd go uh, base to one eleven. I go go for one eleven. They go, yeah, we have a uh, uh, Laquisha at at De- DeGrasse Hall, or De- and I, you knew for a fact that she would have eight friends with her. They'd want the car. They'd get in the car, and they were never going where they said they want to go. They were like. We're going to a party. Let's go. And we weren't allowed to do that. But then they'd always like coerce you into come on. And then they'd be like, "Hey, pick us up tonight." And I'd be like, "No fucking way!" But I learned about I learned about the Wu Tang Clan from these girls that I took to a party at FAMU. They were like, they told me about the Wu Tang Clan. I never heard of them. What was you doing on campus? I was a I was a safe escort. I drove. Oh, people. safe escort. Yeah, okay, I was like okay, a, okay. like a protector, but it like I couldn't fight anybody. I was just a dude. <laughs> 
Like if something happened and shit went down, we were all getting beaten up. <laughs> I wasn't protecting anyone. They probably were going to protect your ass. Yeah. <laughs> probably. But that was the first time I ever saw race. And then, and then I had to, and then I unsaw it in New York. And New York was one place where I went, okay, I recognized race in Tallahassee, but now that I'm in New York, race, race doesn't matter again. Like it's, it was really crazy that like, that I was like, that old habits that, like I had a joke that I told, one of my very first jokes I ever wrote. There's a comedian named Dimitri Martin. Very, very funny. I know Dimitri. Dimitri is a stereotypical uh, Yale, really liberal, open-minded. We got on a train one time, and it was all black dudes. And that Tallahassee side of me was like, oh, this is the wrong train. And Dimitri was like, what? And I go, this, is, we're not, this train's not going where we're going. He was like, yeah, it is. And I went, no, look, I mean, it's like 40 black dudes on here. We're not going there. And he was like... Yeah, we are. And he sat down. He's like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" And I was like, "No, clearly this is going to heart. Like, like this is." And he goes, "No, this is where we're going." And I was nervous in the train. I was like, "So many black guys." So I got off the train early. And Dimitri's like, "Where the fuck are you going?" I go, "I'm getting off." And he was like, "Are you serious?" The joke is, I then stuck my head back in the subway and I go, "Dimitri, I'll see you at the rally on Thursday. White power, my brother." And these black dudes lost their fucking minds, laughing hysterically. And then did Dimitri, you do that for real? Yeah, I did it for real. And then Dimitri called me. This is back when you had to use payphones. He called me at my house from a payphone. He's like, dude, that fucking train car laughed harder than I've ever seen. It was like fucking insanity when that door shut. <laughs> but, but then in New York, I, re- I, learned, I learned a lot. I learned about, um, about the gay culture. I learned about, I learned about black people. I learned it from black comics like Patrice O'Neill. I even learned more from, about about. Uh, interacting with black people from uh, Donnell Rollins and Red Grant, yeah, and like just and I was like, oh, uh, there's this woman Lunell, and I know she Lunell. was she was yelling at me, and I thought we were fighting, but we were talking, and <laughs> yeah. I didn't know we were talking, and then Donnell's like, Bert, calm down, and I go, no, the fuck, man, and he's like, no, and she's like, she's like, I'm not, I'm not mad at you, and I was like, you're yelling at me, she was like, I'm talking to you, and I was like. But you're fucking yelling at me. And Red and them were laughing. They're like, calm down, Bert. She's just talking to you. And I was like, he's like, they're like, this is how we talk. I go, you talk like you're yelling at me. I have that. I still have that problem now. I was, I used to go yeah. couple, uh, about a year ago. I used to go watch the football game in my community Yeah, at the Buffalo Wild Wings. And, um, I get, you know, I'm a fucking Falcons fan. I love football. And I'm You have yelling. a Falcons purse right now. Yes, I do. I fucking was losing my mind over a game. And the bartender was like, you too loud. And I say, really? I said, I said well, why am I too loud? You yelling. I said, no, I'm not. I'm talking. I'm cheering. Yeah. No, you too loud. I said, well, okay, motherfucker. Since I'm too loud, I would take my money somewhere else. And I went home and bought, got changed my satellite to direct TV and bought the NFL package. So a lot of time I get that. People are like, oh, why are you yelling? We're not yelling. That's how we talk. Yeah. That's just how we talk. I get that all the time. You upset? No, I'm not, motherfucker. If I was upset, I'd be on top of you. <laughs> it's a different. You wouldn't know when I'm fucking upset. I'm talking to you, and I, yeah, my voice carries. I got a deep voice any fucking way, so my voice have a tendency of caring. But I, we get that all the time as black people. You yelling? You yell? No, we're not. That's how we talk. Yeah, I was thinking about that on the toilet today. I was like, I was like, you know, we've set up a system <clears throat> where white is the norm. Like white, yeah. what makes white people afraid? That's the norm. Yes, you know, like like the big defense is, you know, like the the the, the teacher at University of Phoenix at Phoenix who was crossing the street and the cop said something to her and she 
talk back, but she just talked back the way a black person would talk to somebody. And he then was like, oh, now we have a problem. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. And she was like, her. It was a while ago. And then she got fired, I think, because she was just jaywalking. She was, but everyone was jaywalking. But she was black jaywalking, which is Anything in this country, black anything, is a, is a get you killed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The women that were on the bus, did you hear about the four women that were on the bus? They were laughing really loud. That was a train. And, and they, they sued, sued the shit out. And they won. Like $11 million. Black women, well, they were just they talking They was on that art laughing. train in Chicago, wasn't it? It's this train, dental train or somewhere. I can't remember where it was at. You might want to Google it. But it was four black women. And they just sitting there talking and laughing. And I think you drink wine. And it's, it's I don't know what, what it was. But anyway, they laughing like most black women would get together. And you had yep. all these white people. They started complaining. We feel uncomfortable. The niggers are laughing out loud. We feel uncomfortable. The niggers are laughing. So they threw the black women off the plane. And they sued the shit out of them. Are you shitting me? Mm-mm. Everything. It's a black women's book club. They won eleven million dollars in a discrimination lawsuit against the train because they were laughing too loudly. What? What? what where was they at? Um, well, you got to admit, black people can laugh loud as shit sometimes. Yeah. I laugh loud. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever? Have you, you? You don't know what it's like to be white and trip at the mall in front of a bunch of black teenagers. Oh yeah, they're gonna let <laughs> they're, you have oh, it. Oh, they're gonna let you have it. But you know, that's what I always say about this country. That's why I said we need diverse. If we have, if we get more diversity in this country, we wouldn't have this problem of thinking a certain race of people is a certain type of way. Yeah. And you know, you just say that's what I kind of like about young America. They don't give a fuck. They just want to smoke weed, fuck, and get you know drink. Yeah. They don't care. They don't see no color. You yeah. know, you can, in some community, you can see a white boy standing there passing a joint. They don't give a fuck. They, just, they don't want to do all that race and politics. They just want to have fun. I Man, you're yeah. my friend. I think that's what's good about big cities like L.A., like Atlanta, like Detroit, like New York. I'd say like Miami. I, I, that's probably the only city in Florida that's like that. But, like, color really kind of falls off to the side. You know, I was telling somebody, I said, as a kid, you know, like a lot of time when, I, when I'm talking to older white people that was raised in small towns and stuff. And I, t- I was telling the guy that night, I said, you know, as as white America, a lot of time you guys are taught to fear certain things about certain people. Yeah. I said, we was never taught to fear you guys. You know what we was taught? What? Our parents would say, watch that motherfucker. Yeah. That we taught to watch white people. We ain't taught to, we wasn't really taught to, like, fear you guys. Like, what my mama taught me. I just tell my son, you don't have the rights that they have. So Really? No, you don't. And I, I keep it real, my son. I said, because like one time they was toilet papering somebody's house. I said, when the white dude come out the house, he see all these white boys running away. He going to shoot you because you black. Yeah. It's nothing. And I think I said this last time I was here. The biggest fear I have in this country right now is being a black parent in America. It's I'd rather fight breast cancer. Every day that I worry that my one of my black son will be killed because he look a certain way. Yeah. And that is a fear that you don't want to wake up and go to sleep with every day. Every day I call my, and they, they shooting women too. I don't worry about my girls as much. One of them don't leave out the house anyway. You got to come in the house and shoot that motherfucker. But uh, <laughs> uh, my biggest fear is my boys. And yeah. my, you know, my boys ain't been to jail. They ain't committed no crime. My son go to work every day. My son go to school. He play football. But it don't matter in this country. 
because I saw the police kill a 12-year-old boy, and I seen people on Facebook justifying because he had a toy gun. Not pointing it, just playing in the park in Cleveland, killed the shit out of a 12-year-old boy. Now I have a 17-year-old son as big as you. And my son was like, well, can I go hang out with my friends? Fuck no. Why? Why? I said, because you don't have the rights that they have, and I'm scared. I am scared. Well, ain't nothing going to happen to me. I said, most people who put dirt in their kid's face didn't think something was going to happen to them. Yeah. Stay your fat ass in the house. Tell your little white friends to come over here. I'll cook them something to eat. Yeah. yeah you could play the game over here, but you ain't going no fucking where. Trevor and- Noah said that. He said he'd been pulled over 13 times in yeah. his first, like, six months in, this, in the States. By the way, <clears throat> half of that time was spent in New York. And I can't imagine you drive much in New York. But he's just talking to guy Like, that's alarming. You know, I, I did the math. I've been pulled over once in 15 years. <laughs> what was the once. guy named who the police officer shot with the baby in the back seat? Oh, the guy with the that had the handgun on him? Yeah. And he it, goes, sir, I'm all, by that, that was Philando Castile? Huh? Philando Castile with his, his wife, his girlfriend was in the front yeah. seat? he was pulled over. Now, he worked at that white school. I think they had pulled, wrote him a ticket 30 times before they killed yeah, him. Yeah, he was, he was been pulled over so many. And he, and and he people, did everything right. The NRA didn't speak out. White... White America didn't go crazy. It was just wrong. You, that's a, you know, it, this is some crazy. This is a crazy time. I was thinking before I got here. I said, you know, we, <laughs> and this is a touch of service. It's gonna upset some people. The whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Yeah, he got blackballed. Well, he got blackballed for kneeling for something that he believed in. He wasn't. I love Michael Vick. He wasn't Michael Vick. He didn't fight dogs. He wasn't Ray Lewis. He didn't kill anybody. Yeah. All he did was saying this country treat black people wrong. All he did was a silent protest. And they said because you did a silent protest to the national anthem that you're wrong. Can you imagine? Just open your mind for a minute. Can you imagine what Martin Luther King went through to get us where we at today? Oh, uh, I cannot. Neither can I. If this dude just kneeled for the national anthem, didn't say a word at that time. All he did was kneel. And that's his right. Yeah. That's his fucking right in this great country of the United States of America. You got the right. Let me ask you this. If he were Muslim and he was a football player, uh, let me ask you this. They're not going to stand for our national anthem. Oh, if he was Muslim, I I don't I think he would have gotten kicked off the team. Not if he's good enough. It's all about the well, money. Maybe, maybe yeah, I guess if fuck. he's a good, I, I guess. If if I could tell you this, if 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 Tom Brady would have kneeled for black people, would they have kicked? Would they have blackballed him? No. No. He Rosenberger been a, he been a went hero. to jail. was charged for rape many times, and nobody did. All I'm saying is, be fair, people. Yeah. Let's be fair. Don't act like you don't know that the police is killing black people every day. Be fair. I mean, I know you want to say, well, what, 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 what happened before the video started? But think about if that was your child. Well, if that was your child and the police asked him for his ID and he say, I'm armed, he said, well, I'm going to get my ID. And he pumped all those bullets into your child. <sighs> what would you do? How would you feel? And you know what's so fucked up? I was just telling somebody today, my friend, I said, it's amazing because back with this movie I saw in Detroit, 
You didn't get anything when when when, when the cops killed you. And shit, the price of niggas don't went up. You get about four million for everyone they kill right now. Is it really? Yeah, everybody who they kill, they get between three and four million dollars. Yeah. So the price of niggas, that's a good stock to invest in. But that's how you know that they're doing something wrong because why would you pay out money if you were doing something right? Like you're letting the police officers go free that kill these people, but you still want to pay out the family. You're paying them because you know something wrong occurred. Yeah. yeah. So and then, then the police, some of them go back to work and some of them don't. But it's not fair. I mean, just I'll, just put yourself in that situation for just be black for ten minutes. I t- I, t- I think I've told you this, but like uh, when that Trayvon Martin thing happened, you know, for the most part, that's got it all started. That's it. it. White yeah. man, go shoot you one. If, if when that happened for a white guy, you, all that doesn't really hit your radar right away. Like unless until the news starts talking about it a lot, you're like, yeah, what happened in this thing? Because it does. They it tried just, to hide it at first. Yeah. They hid it for a couple of months. And then I saw it, and I saw immediately you say, well, what, ha- like, what happened? Like, you don't, you don't just go, oh, my God, they, he just shot a black kid. You just go, well, what's no, the story? No, you don't go, he just shot somebody's kid. Right, right, because right. Because let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. And anybody who's listening, if your child was walking through a neighborhood that you didn't think they fit in, now let me listen to reverse this. If it was a white kid who daddy who white daddy was dating a black woman in the ghetto. And he was walking through this community and some, some black folks ran him, what you doing here? And grabbed him and shot him. Oh, that would be all over the fucking news. Would it would have been right? No. Because this kid looked like he didn't belong in this upscale neighborhood. Yeah. You want to, um, you know, put your hands on him when, the, when they told you not to get out the car and put your hands on yeah. him? Well, but I, people say he was right to kill him. Well, you, I, I watched it and part of me was like, well, what's the story? Like, you know, you, you not just going, what's the story? And then and then as I'm doing that, they show his dad and I, I and his mom. And immediately all I thought was, oh, wait, that's just two parents who lost a child. The, fuck the story. If I don't need to know the story. That's just two parents who lost a child. And, I, and as a parent, I went, oh, I empathize with them on the side of being a parent. Like that, I can't imagine being in that situation. Well, what about the man who was in Florida with the boy with the loud music and shot into the car Did with you all see his that? friends? I saw, I saw and, the documentary. And we're home. We're home. I saw we're the documentary like on that. That's horrible. And we're home like it wasn't shit. And they say, yeah, I shot him. I goddamn sure enough shot him. Yeah. Because you ask somebody to turn down their music? Are you crazy? Well, wait, let's let's go current. How about the white dude who was on the expressway who had the altercation with the girl, the black, the nineteen year who was supposed to go to college in two months next month, and they, they both of them fighting to get on, and I guess they had some words. He decided to take out his gun and shoot her in the head, and drove off and let her roll off a ditch. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't. These people are crazy in this that's, country. That's horrible. Just are the you, idea of killing anybody. I saw one where. Um, the girl, the Caucasian girl was dating a black guy and she brought him home to meet her dad and her dad, he went to shake his hand. The black boy went to shake his hand and he shot him because he said he felt threatened for his life. Oh, what? yeah. Yeah. So he shot, the, he shot her boyfriend when he went to shake his hand and killed him. That's fucking. That's a miracle. Well, I hate to end this on a low note. I mean, we should <laughs> fucking ups. Like, right. <laughs> tell us a fun story, Miss Pat. <laughs> I mean, you know, read the book. I mean, it's, I don't <laughs> Name know. Name of the book's Rabbit. It comes out August 23rd. August 22nd. August 22nd. Yeah. And, you, and uh, there's some great stories in there. I mean, who knows if I ever do it again. 
Yeah. I'm not looking forward to doing it again, but, you know, my husband's like, it's going to be a second book. I was like, uh, I don't think so. This book made, this book stressed me out. I'm telling you, I pulled some good weave out my head. <laughs> and you, you know what was crazy? Because the lady from, she's from Canada, but she's black. Yeah. So I would call people in the hood. And you just can't call nobody up in the hood with somebody on the phone, especially yeah. somebody who speaks really, speaks well, sound like they're educated. Yeah. So my brother would get on the phone. I was like, yo, speak to the lady, you know, about writing a book. And she started speaking. He's like, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, uh, you white? And she was like, no, I'm black. And he was like, well, damn, you got all your education. I hollered. I laughed. My, she was like, what the hell? And she she had never, I don't think she ever experienced black people like that before because she's yeah. from Canada. Yeah. So every time I called somebody from the hood and she was like, well, hi, my name is Janine. They was like, whoa, rabbit, she, she, she white? You got me talking to a fucking white woman? Like, we the mafia or some shit. Yeah. And I was like, man, she black, she cool. And they always say, you black? <laughs> Say something black before I start talking. Black. <laughs> and oh. they were always drilled the shit out of her. Like they did not want to. I said, Janine, you need to be a little bit more ghetto because you scared the shit out of my friends in the hood, and oh. nobody really wanted to talk to her. I didn't know she was black either. Really? To be honest, no. Yeah, and but, she would say shit. Like, you don't sound entirely black. Like, like. You sound like you don't I, sound like your mama. You don't sound like your mom at all. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Because <laughs> mama got you out the corner. <laughs> but I like, um, like when I went to college, my major was English, and I like reading in English and enunciating and yeah, pronouncing oh, my words Enunciation. <laughs> yeah. She always said, "Mama, that's not how you say that. That's how I fucking say." No, she yeah. she needs to speak slowly and open her mouth. And the, her I love the way clear. your mom talks. I love the way your mom talks. <laughs> uh, fuck her, because I'm not <laughs> okay. Look, she can't change me. Like I'm not trying to change her. Because yeah. if I was trying to change her, she have all kind of real dicks in her mouth. Oh, but I'm not trying to do that. All right, die. <laughs> well the most important part of a book is the pre-order sales and i will have already said this at the beginning but uh but go to amazon.com go to go to miss pat's website my website it connects you straight to harper collins bar barnes and noble barnes books and noble books there's a, a million books a million there's a bunch of places but go pre-order this book because Please. that that is the let's make it a bestseller you know what happened my book is the um it did get the um the memoir of the month for Amazon. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was I was blown away. Fuck I was like, yeah. really you fucking picked my book? And so uh I am the memoir of the month of August. So that that really cheered me up cuz I'm like, how somebody who's not famous going to sell a book and do people really want to hear my story and Fuck yes. By the way, and you know this, <laughs> that's all anyone wants to hear is your story. All my <laughs> listeners all look the same. White dudes with beards. And I know there's some women. I know some women of color that listen to my podcast. But I see you guys at the shows. It's overweight white guys with beards who like <laughs> drinking beer. They got a wife that's hotter than they are. And, and that's it. And they love you, Miss Pat. You are, you are a too. fan favorite across the board. And so I, I wish you the best of luck with this book. And then, and then with the sitcom, I hope that blows up too. I hope that, I hope that you come back. I call you. Next time I call you, I go, Hey, uh, you're going to be in L.A. Can you do my podcast? And you go, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> I would never fucking do that. You know, dealing with rich people, it is, it's insane to me. Like, yeah. dealing with the people over at um, the studio and Imagine and stuff. I'll make it quick because I know we got to go. Um, I asked one of the execs. I was like, oh, God, those sandals are so fucking cute you got on. Where did you give, get them from? And one thing I learned about rich people, they never tell you where they got shit from. They say, I'm going to send you a link. 
So she sent me a link and I opened it up and the, the sandals was $650. My fucking heart dropped in my vagina and ran off. I said, bitch, this is more than my car note. I can't afford these shoes. I walked for two months. Who pays $650? Immediately, them shoes, them shoes became ugly as fuck to me. Yeah, six hundred and fifty dollars for a pair of sandals. Oh, I don't think I can ever do that. I love Nordstrom Rack in Burlington. <laughs> I, I love shopping on the clearance rack. That's Leanne. Leanne. Leanne loves Target. She will shop now, all Target day. Target is for Target. the bougie people. Oh, really? It's Target. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Target. Yeah. That's for the boo- <laughs> when you see people in Target, they got their nose in the air and they don't want to be around us Walmart shoppers. Those are the oh, boo- I those love are the- Walmart. I love Walmart. I and my neighborhood, Walmart. the good thing about living in an all white neighborhood is there's not enough black people there, but they have to care care our hair products so they can never get rid of them. They put them all on the clearance, and I be in that bitch like a vulture getting them for discounting. I be calling every black bitch I know. Hey, you need some shea butter? They got a lot of it at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> on the clearance rack. Other day, I bought I bought a hundred and fifty dollars worth of shampoo and conditioner. Really? It probably was hundred and some bottles. I paid like a dollar, two dollars for it. Really? Yes. So black products don't sell in my community, and I fucking love it. Oh. And I don't want any more black people to come out there because then I won't get the discount. <laughs> so I love that's the great part about living on a white community because they you have you tell them hey I'm here now I'm black I need you to put my shit on your shelf yeah. so they get it but no it's not enough of us to buy before it go out so it goes on the clearance it's rack on the clearance rack oh yes. that's great I, I need to just start walking in all white neighborhoods and say hey bitch I'm here I need you to get some shea butter yeah. and then go back and wait till they mark it down oh that's a good ass hustle I love you you're done hustling. Huh? <laughs> what did you say? So no more hustling. Well, as long as you're not selling drugs, you can hustle as long as you want to. I love hustling. Yeah. Hustling keep you alive. Hustling it's... makes me nervous. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't like hustling. Yeah. Oh shit! I love hustling. I Every don't... time you get on a plane, you hustling. No, no. <laughs> I fucking, I'm, I'm the most uncomfortable hustler in the world. <laughs> not selling dope. No, uh, but like just anything that, like Leanne's a hustler. So, so let me ask you: Do you sell merchandise at your show? Yeah, but it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, and if, if I fucking love selling merchandise. Uh-oh. People are like, Pat, why do you? Hey, come get this motherfucking t-shirt. Come here, white dude. Fill a titty. Hey, what's your name? Uh, what's yeah. wrong with your smile? I love that. I like so like I like doing the meet and greets, but I like listening to people and hearing them tell me their stories. And then I like I I had to stop because I, if someone's credit card gets declined, I just give it to them because I go. Eh. Hell no. <laughs> Crazy, so uncomfortable. Oh, so fuck. Uncomfortable. I'd be like, look, bitch, you need to dig in that pocketbook and get another credit card because you don't spend all this child support check. I'm definitely not black. Like, I let people touch my hair. They put the, they grab my nipples. Like, <laughs> oh. shirtless, and they get shirtless. They're sweaty. It's just fu- like Segura saw it one day, and he was like, that's fucking disgusting. I was like, well, you know, I'm just very happy they came to my show. Is this <laughs> well, a comedy show? Too, or? They're going to be putting on my raggedy-ass nipples and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I mass love orgy. that hustle. I love standing at that table. Come here, bitch. Let me feel you. Come here, big booty. Come buy a T-shirt. Yeah. Because I'm a woman, so I can say shit you can't say. Yeah. Come here, girl. Them titties real. Oh, I can't say that. No, you can't say that. 
And then, you know, it's, it's, I like the hustling. I want to, when you're dealing with your pe- black people, yeah. they was like, what's the hookup? Ain't no hookup, bitch. Move so I can sell it to this white man. You want this t-shirt, bitch? Get out of my motherfucking line. <laughs> what's the hookup? <laughs> always want a hookup. They always want a discount. Yeah, discount. We all want to get your motherfucking ass out of my motherfucking Get out of my line. Don't get out of my line. I don't even like black people like you. So, but I love talking. To, I like that hustle. Oh, I just like, I like hanging out with fans. I think if I get as big as... Kevin Hart, I was still standing at that T-shirt. Place. Kevin Hart loves the hustle. Yeah, he he's hustled a hustler. In a whole new different he's way. He's a hustler. I love the people. Really, they don't want to put us there. I no, like. I like it. the people too, but I just I get uncomfortable when it comes to a business transaction. Oh no, I like that. <laughs> oh, that reminds you know what? Because I take all my skills from, I mean, use them today. My drug dealing skills. Yeah. So I use all of that, like, oh. you know, just that sale pitching, talking to people, making them feel comfortable. You know, I try to, I, when people come up to me and they be like, they feel like I'm famous, I just bring them down to my level. I say, look, bitch, I do layaways like you do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> especially like if I go to the comedy club and I just want to chill and I don't have no makeup. And oh, my God, Miss Pat, can I take a, You ain't taking no motherfucking pictures of me. Don't you see all these fucking spots on my face, my other neck, and I ain't shaved my chin hair. Set your ass down. We can have a drink and talk. But you yeah. ain't taking no goddamn picture of me. Yeah. We're going to talk, but we ain't going to fucking take no pictures. Yeah. And I just tell them straight up. I uh, like that about oh, I like, yeah, but I'm the opposite. Like, if I'm, I'll be anywhere. I'll be anywhere. And someone goes, Bert. And I go, hey, what's up? And then I go take a picture. I'm like, well, Bert, you a man. You don't have to have fake makeup yeah. and fucking your chin pulled back. And I got on a good bar and shit. Yeah, or a man weave. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. I'll take a shot with someone. I'll be in the middle of Dave and Buster's with my kids. Someone will be like, the machine. I'm like, oh, and they're like, dude, you, I got to do a shot with you. I go, oh, of course. And then my wife's like, no, you can't drive home, asshole. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, he recognized me. I got to <laughs> tell you this story. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, my friend called me. He's like, did you do Burt Kreischer podcast? I was like, yeah, a couple of times. He's like, man. This is what he said. He said, that nigga got a joke about being in Russia, had me on the floor. I said, uh, did you just call the white dude a nigga? He said, that nigga funny. <laughs> That's when you know you've been accepted into the black community. <laughs> That's how we end this podcast. That was the perfect ending. Fuck. I love you, Miss Pat. Love you, too. Uh, I will Thank promote you, the book at the front of this podcast, but it's called Rabbit. Go get it. Uh, find her on tour. She's the best. I love you. Well, I Thank love you, you, too. Thank, Thank you for having me back. Thank you for hanging out with us, too. I appreciate it. No problem. Bye-bye. <laughs>
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.